What's going on, everybody? John out here with you. It is Thursday, April 14th. It's Victor Reyes, Austin Meadows, Jonathan Skull, Jimmy Candelario, Miguel Cabrera, Akil Badu, Spencer Dorkelson, Harold Castro, and Tucker Barnhart as the batting order here for the Tigers. They're going to be opposed against the 20-something-year veteran, Zach Greinke, pretty much. He went five and two-thirds opening day against the Guardians. Five hits, one run, one earned run, one walk, and one strikeout, and 84 pitches in his work. So this is going to be a pretty good matchup here between a veteran pitcher and a Tigers team that wants to get back on track after the first couple of series. They went one and two against the Chicago White Sox and the Boston Red Sox. Not a very fruitful start here for the Tigers as far as what's that's concerned. The Royals defense sounds like this. Andrew Benintendi in left, Michael A. Taylor in center field, Webb Merrifield in right field. It's Bobby Wood Jr., the top prospect of the Kansas City Royals at third with Alberto Mondesi, Nicky Lopez, Carlos Santana, and your battery, five-time gold glover Salvador Perez will round out the Royals' defense. So we're just about getting set to get ready here at Kauffman Stadium. It's going to be a four-game series. The weather for tonight is going to hold up pretty well, it sounds like, about 45 degrees as we get toward the you know sixth and seventh inning. Clouds a little bit, but... No drizzle or anything else to expect. Sunday might be the game that could be rained out. So we'll see what happens with that. But we should be all set to go here with baseball here in about a second. So it's Victor Reyes leading off against Zach Greinke in Kansas City, Missouri. Drawn out here with you. First pitch fastball on the left inside corner. And we are underway. So this is my first baseball game of the season right now. So I hope all of that stuff goes through pretty well. 286 average, 2 of 7 so far for Victor Reyes. One extra base hit, one double, and two RBI on the early season. Victor Reyes swings at the curveball down and left and in, and Carlos Santana will flip it to Zach Greinke, and that'll be the first out of the contest right now. So two pitches, one out for Zach Greinke. So when we talk about Greinke on the mound, he's now 38 years of age which is hard to believe. So last season it was 171 innings pitched with an 11-6 record, a 4-16 ERA, 120 strikeouts and 36 walks. So he's a guy that's going to pitch to contact. Austin Meadows is up at the dish right now. He's 8 for 17 on the season, 471. Remember he was hit the other day with the bases loaded. That's how he drove in his first run for the Tigers. So Austin Meadows, that was that shocker from the very beginning of the season because Riley Green went down and he takes an inside corner fastball on the left, 88 miles an hour. It is strike one on Austin Meadows. So Austin Meadows, the big thing here for the Tigers is he's got team control for 2025 up until that point where he has a couple things and then goes into arbitration. The next one is a curveball outside. It's going to one and one. So 4.11 pitches per plate appearance this season is fourth most in MLB. 12 plate appearances with eight plus pitches seen. So Austin Meadows is not afraid to take his walks. He saw that in opening day. He had three walks against the White Sox. Second pitch is outside fastball, but it's called the strike. Close enough here for the veteran to get the call as A.J. Hinch looks on. A little bit unsure with that call, but Austin Meadows now has got a one and two count. So even though his batting average was around 215 with the Tampa Bay Rays last year, still 26 bombs, 107 RBI, still able to get on base, even with some of the strikeouts. Curveball low in the dirt, blocked by Salvador Perez, and it's a 2-2 two two count now. Zach Greinke 
has shown a slider, a curveball, and a couple of fastballs so far within his six pitches. There really isn't anything this guy hasn't seen right now. So between Austin Meadows and Zach Greinke, this should be a good pitching matchup. And if Meadows gets it in a spot that he likes, Greinke doesn't throw with a ton of velocity. Second pitch, did he go? It appeals to the referee on the other side of third base, and Austin Meadows did not go. So it's a full count right now for the man in the second spot. And I really like this pickup here for the Tigers right now because... You got a lot of power, you have an extra left-handed at bat, like I said, with Riley Green going down, maybe another month or so, that he'll be coming back in, and we'll see what happens if he's going to be the starting center fielder. The payoff pitch is grounded foul, so Meadows is still alive here as it just before it crossed that first baseline. Local score here for you, the Carolina Hurricanes and the Detroit Red Wings are tied at nothing. That game is on Hulu. That's one of the exclusives here right now. 2-0 lead right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs over the Washington Capitals. Pittsburgh Penguins up 2-1 on the New York Islanders right now. Austin Meadows digs back in with a full count. Zach Greinke's getting ready to the pitch here. 3-2 pitch. Inside, Jan Meadows. This should be an easy one there for Aldoberto Mondesi, and it is. So, nine pitches for Zach Greinke, efficient so far. He's got two outs. You jammed him with an inside fastball here. So, Jonathan Scope is going to bat third. As this rotation was a little bit different than what they talked about a few hours ago when I was trying to get all this stuff together here. So, Jonathan Scope, not the greatest start to the season right now, but if you go into his last season numbers... 156 games played, 278 batting average with 30 doubles. A career high, 37 walks, 22 bombs, and 84 RBI. He is a guy that fits every day in the infield, and he plays a solid infield. He's got a good bat. And you would think with the addition of Javier Baez alongside some of the other ones, as Jonathan Scope pops the first pitch up and out of play, you would think that this is going to be really good here for the Tigers. That 217 batting average will go... North, I would think, as we go between May and June and the weather starts to warm up, you got all these teams on the Central and the East Coast, and you wonder why you're playing all these home games early instead of going out west to Arizona and things like that. Second pitch, curveball, bails out of the way, gets the call up in the strike down zone to Zach Greinke. Looks about 40% full here at Kauffman Stadium. It is a beautiful ballpark per usual. Got an 8-10 start, another 7-10 from the other side because I'm on the East Coast. So should be getting close to be done, probably about 10-30 or something like that. Whether the pace of play will continue, we'll talk about that going into next year. They're going to have a pitch clock and everything else. Jonathan Scope, you're down out 2 Zach Greinke looking for his 12th pitch. Up high with the fastball and out of the strike zone, gloved by Salvador Perez. So what I liked with the addition for the Tigers here, with Jonathan Scope, was with Javier Baez, you get him back into the second base position. And it really is where he's supposed to be. Pitch is inside by the feet, and Scope's got a bell out of the way. He's got a 2-2 count now with Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke so far has been really efficient. They're showing his numbers right now. 2009 AL Cy Young, six-time All-Star, six-time Gold Glove, two-time ERA champion. 0 for 4 in the postseason, though, and he's never won a World Series, which is very hard to believe with a pitcher of his caliber. 2-2 pitch. Fastball blasted in the left corner, but that one is going to be caught there by Whit Merrifield. And the Tigers go 1-2-3 as Zach Greinke looks really good. Casey Mize up on the hill. 
Leading off is Whit Merrifield, Bobby Wood Jr., and Andrew Benintendi when we come back. It's going to be Whit Merrifield, Bobby Wood Jr., Andrew Benintendi, Salvador Perez, Carlos Santana, Hunter Dozier, Alberto Montesi, Michael A. Taylor, and Nicky Lopez will be leading off. Well, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 is your batting order there. And it doesn't look much different from what I saw at the very beginning of this, so thankfully for their side, they've kept their batting order straight when A.J. Hinch has done a couple changes at the end for the Tigers' side. So Casey Mize, his last start against the White Sox was a loss, five innings pitch, seven hits, four runs, four earned, no walks, and two strikeouts on 81 pitches of work. So the first pitch is a fastball in the inside corner paint. That's going to be strike one on Whit Merrifield. So for Whit Merrifield, talk about 33 years old. He came up a little bit late between 28 years of age. Second pitch is the outside corner just on the left. It's called for a ball. As it was definitely outside, he's versatile, Whit Merrifield is. He's an excellent defender. He's a potential 300 hitter. 40 doubles, 40 stolen bases kind of guy. Definitely can give you everything that you need. Second pitch. That looks to be a splitter on the high left inside corner. That is a one and two count now. And then the pitch next to that, as we got our feed caught back up, is a fastball in the inside corner. What Merrifield is going to be taking out of first base as Miguel Cabrera touches the bag with the help of Casey Mize. So it's going to be Austin Meadows in left with Akil Badu in center field, Victor Reyes right field, Jimmer Candelario, Harold Castro, Jonathan Scope, and Spencer Torkelson as your infield, and your battery is Tucker Barnhart and Casey Mize. So Austin Meadows, as we talked about here in the opening, he's really, really good at the plate. He's pretty good on defense, though. Definitely no slouch. The top prospect, Bobby Wood Jr., takes a fastball up and out of the strike zone here. It's a ball one count. He started two for 20 on his season. His two hits are doubles. He's got seven strikeouts. For what we know about Bobby Wood right now is the 1-0 pitch is blasted right down the middle, served down there, and Bobby Wood Jr. is going to at least have a double. He may have more. He's going to take that turn. Let's see if he goes to third base. He's definitely got the wheels on. He's got a triple. It blasted into right field and went right off the wall and eluded Victor Reyes. So we just talked about this here. Bobby Wood Jr. definitely has the wheels, and the Royals are in early scoring position as that was a definite slider that was hung up right in the happy zone here for Bobby Wood Jr. And he made no mistake about it and went from first to third in a hurry. So this guy definitely has some jets on base and he really is an above average defender already at 21 years of age. He could definitely play anywhere in the infield. He's got a ton of speed and it would not surprise me at some point if they give him the Whit Merrifield treatment down the line if he can go ahead and play in the outfield as well with that kind of speed. So Andrew Benintendi's got an early RBI spot. Check swing goes to third. And Bobby Wood Jr. is hung up. Let's see if the Tigers can get this one. So Barnhart's trying to chase him back, and he's tagged out. So Bobby Wood Jr., for all the good that he just did in that previous at-bat, he got caught in a rundown. Andrew Benintendi's going to take second. Casey Mize will definitely take that out there as that should have been an easy RBI opportunity there for the Kansas City Royals, and they let that one slip away. It was a check swing that went right to Jamer Candelario at third, and Bobby Wood Jr. was caught in between no man's land between Jamer Candelario and Tucker Barnhart, and Barnhart just played that perfectly. They covered back to third base there and tagged him out. So Harold Castro was there to team that up there with Barnhart. So Bobby Wood Jr., a couple of hit. High fives and stuff like that. So we'll get him next time. Don't worry about that on the base paths. And you have to do that. So Salvador Perez now. The guy that had just a ton of home runs last year. 48. 
First pitch swinging, pops it up. Is Casey Mize going to get out of this thing? Akil Badu collects it in center field, and the Tigers can breathe a sigh of relief there, as that was an RBI that went by the wayside. So the Kansas City Royals do get the first hit, but nothing left. Dreamer Candelario, Miguel Cabrera, and Akil Badu up next for the Tigers. Getting ready to start the top of the second inning. John Ender with you. It is Thursday, April 14, 2022. This is the first Tigers road series of the year. It's a four-game road series here at Kaufman as we are underway here at the top of the second. It's Jamer Candelario. He's continuing to do some work here against Zach Grinke. So Jamer so far, slow start, 3 of 21, two extra base hits, two doubles, two RBI here for Jamer. And if you talk about Jamer Candelario in from last year, Career high, 149 games played, 271 batting average, 557 on base, 4, 420, or 42 doubles and 67 RBI as well. So 557 at bats and Jamer blasts this one into right field. You should have an easy single there is what Merrifield goes in there and cuts that off. So the good switch hitting that bat there, Jamer Candelaria, the 28-year-old, gets on base, gets the Tigers' first hit of the contest here. So now it's going to be Miguel Cabrera in the fifth spot. Javier Baez is getting the day off. Talk about the uh, acquisition there for Javier Baez on that side of things for the Tigers. Real good splits in between the Cubs and the Mets, and if the Tigers end up getting that kind of guy, maybe he's available on the bench if it gets in a clutch situation, Baez can do it. But Miguel Cabrera right now is up at the dish, batting in the fifth spot. He's usually going to be lower in the order these days, but he can definitely give you a clutch at bat when you need it right now. And with Zach Greinke, I would think with not as much velocity, maybe Miguel can get an out on one if he gets into a good spot. So pitcher was right down the middle off the fastball, and Miguel just follows this one off. Hitting 222 so far this year at a couple of RBI in the opening day game in the eighth inning against the Chicago White Sox. Javier Baez played hero in that first game as he blasted off the wall. So career at Kaufman, 316, 19 bombs, 90 RBI, and 887 OPS. Tied by second most in ballpark history for home runs with 19. Miguel, he drives this one to left center. That's going to be a solid single as Benintendi's got to go cut this one off. And the Tigers have something cooking here in the second inning. They got Miguel Cabrera at first and Jamer Candelario goes first to third. So alert base running there for Jamer Candelario. And this is going to bring up Akil Badu. So the Rule 5 pick for the Tigers, the 23-year-old, is playing center field in this game, usually a left-handed bat. 124 games played, 259 batting average, 20 doubles, 7 triples, 13 bombs, 55 RBI, 45 walks, 122 strikeouts, which were a little high, but also 18 stolen bases. Akil Badu, the only really criticism that you got for him is you couldn't really hit left-handed pitching. You got a righty on the mound right now. He's definitely got some power, and hopefully he can stay out of this double play for the Tigers as far as they're concerned. So the first pitch is a slider just outside of Akil there, so it's a one nothing count for the Rule 5 pick, former Minnesota Twins. He's 2-for-16 early. Two extra base hits and an RBI and a 318 average against Kansas City last season in five games. Kiel Badu now waiting on the 1-0. It is low, blocked by Salvador Perez there, so Badu's got a good hitting count if he chooses to take it there. He definitely can pick him up and throw him down. Now, the one question I have for Akil Badu as well is, 
Is his defense going to get much better? Is it going to get to the point where he can play a consistent center field? Or when Raleigh Green, when he steps in, is he going to be the center fielder and Akil Badu going to run those corners? He definitely has burner wheels. He's got a good arm, but he's got to get a little bit better awareness in that defensive side. But his bat's pretty good. Hanging curveball there, and Badu was just a little late on it. As Zach Greinke, it's now 2-1 and one as he gets his first strike into this count. Kiel Badu, this is a prime RBI spot as A.J. Hinch looks on. You got Miguel Cabrera at first. You got Jamer Candelario at third. Possible double play there if he can't get anything good and hits it on the ground. And he checked the swing. That's a 3-1 count for Akil Badu. And Tigers might have a chance here. We'll see if Akil is going to have the take sign on here or whether or not he's going to free swing this thing. I think with Zach Greinke, like you said, about a 20-year veteran and things like that. There isn't anything that he hasn't seen. And I know he's very good at commanding the strike zone. He can get his pitches when he needs to and be able to get out of a jam. This is one right now. But my money right now is on Zach Greinke to be able to find a way, I would think, in this situation. He's going to step off the mound and he's going to relay the signs once again with Salvador Perez. Badu taking a couple practice swings here. He cocks the bet cleanly over the left shoulder. Pitches out of the strike zone, and Akil Badu draws a walk. Bases loaded for the rookie Spencer Torkelson as he steps in and maybe got to calm the nerves. His first road game of the season right now, the 22-year-old hot shot, the first pick in the 2020 draft, playing first base. As Akil Badu's got a big smile on his face, Torkelson's got a chance to really do something here. Just the other day, he blasted his first home run of the season off of Martin of the uh, Red Sox. There is Davis. This is be Austin Davis of the Red Sox. It was a two-run shot in the seventh inning. Tigers got as close as 8-6 when Austin Meadows got hit with the bases loaded, but they ended up losing that game. They went 1-2. and two. Of both games in the series between the White Sox and the Red Sox. It's a main thing for the Tigers right now. They had a losing record against every single team in the AL Central, so they want to improve on that if they can. First pitch inside against Spencer Torkelson. That's going to be ball one. Spencer is batting 176, 3 of 17, 2 extra base hits, and 2 RBI. 1-0 pitch, swung right through it, he swung a little late, that was a fastball in a spot that he could definitely handle, but Greinke gets to a 1-1 count, Greinke now at 25 pitches, so he's still pretty good here if he can get some of these outs, right now there's no outs and the base is loaded, he can get to about 30 to you know 35 pitches, 40 pitches, he'll be okay between that, this is a some high stress inning right now, and see if Greinke can get out of this thing, they're taking a long time to relay the signs, I think that Salvador Perez wants the fastball, and he gets it, and Spencer Torkelson swung low out of the strike zone there. So, Zach Greinke, you would think, as I've said, you got the matchup here against the two young kids. Akil Badu was able to draw a walk. Let's see if Spencer Torkelson can keep that bat short and try to make contact there and get an easy RBI opportunity. Hell, even if it's a two-out, you know, double play, get an RBI. I know it doesn't count for the record, but he gets something. And he hit him! That's gonna well, that's gonna give the Tigers a run here. Spencer Torkelson gets an RBI on the hit by pitch, and the Tigers are up one nothing here, still with the bases loaded at the top of the second inning. So you take it as you can get it right now, and he 
try to get that one inside. It looks like off the fastball. It got away from Greinke and it hit Torkelson right in the leg. He was able to just turn around and take it right on the meat part of the calf. That one's going to hurt a little bit, but he got out of the way of the most of it. And, you know, thankfully, Greinke doesn't throw 100 miles an hour. That's just an 86-mile-an-hour fastball hitting you right in the meat in the calf. So now... It's Harold Castro, hitting Harold Castro. Definitely one of those guys that can, ooh, that was a hanging curveball there, but I don't know if it's going to be deep enough. Benintendi is going to measure this one, is going to cast it. Miguel Cabrera trying to go, and he's safe. Miguel Cabrera was safe. I'm very surprised at that one that he went on Benintendi. Cabrera went off first pitch, and I think maybe the Royals are going to want to take a look at this. I'm not going to sit here and try to, be too much of a homer here as far as all of that that wasn't too much of a deep fly ball for Harold Castro but he did do his job there Miguel Cabrera and his alertness as soon as Benintendi touched that ball he tagged up immediately and right now the Tigers are up to nothing as it's a one out now guy on first and second here for the Tigers they're still looking on it right now. Miguel Cabrera, Casey Mize, and Eric Haas, and everyone else is having a laugh on it. It's 2 nothing Tigers. This is Tucker Barnhart right now checking in, betting ninth in the order. Takes a hanging curve for a strike in the right corner at 70 miles an hour. So Zach Greinke now at 29 pitches. Tucker Barnhart betting 091 so far in the season. And it looks like Salvador Perez on second look wasn't able to get the tag down. If he did, Miguel Cabrera would have been out by a mile. He just missed the tag. So the Tigers are up quickly 2-0 here at the top of the second. Tucker Barnhart digs in. The left-handed bat is 1-11 so far. Slow start. But again, it's a catcher. And he swings way out of the strike zone there on a splitter all the way down. And it's a 0-2 count against Tucker Barnhart. Now, the Cincinnati Reds product, left-handed bat, is you know, in his mid-30s right now. He's got a one-year deal right now. The main thing for the Tigers is they have good defense. They're able to have an insurance policy when Jake Rogers comes back, probably taking over the full-time. He does get a hanger there off the fastball. It was, it was right down the middle, and he followed that one off a little late into the left-field corner and foul. So Tucker Barnhart is still down 0-2. But with Barnhart, you think about his ability to... Call the game. Play good defense. I understand in Cincinnati that's more of a hitter's ballpark at the you know Great American Ballpark there. It's more of a bam box. Comerica Park's not going to be that. So not a lot of speed there for Barnard. But you want to call the game and play good defense. That's what's important right now. And if Tucker can do that for a year, Tigers will love to have him there. Fastball outside in low right corner. It's a 1-2 and two count now on Tucker Barnhard. Zach Grinke pitch count. Climbing a little bit from the first inning when he was efficient, just 11 pitches. Now he's at 32. He had the bases loaded with no outs. Now it's one out, 2 nothing Tigers. Man on first and second, 1-2 count on Tucker Barnhart. 1-2 pitch. Grounded away foul. And Tucker Barnhart still alive. So the projected starters for the Tigers in tomorrow's game, it's going to be Tarek Skubal and Brad Keller. In tomorrow's game, and as we said, in this four-game series, I'm here with you in the opener. We'll have the complete game story and everything else to follow with the play-by-play -play included, just in case you don't get all the stuff on the color cast side of things. The Sunday game might be one of those ones that is rain-delayed. There is a lot of rain expected, 70% chance. 
as the curveball is high and outside, and Tucker Barnhart is now at the 2-2 two and two count. So Sunday might be your only chance where you're not going to see baseball. I think the weather is going to hold, especially for today, there's no problems foreseeably, but for Saturday, maybe some wind. Sunday is definite rain possibility, so three of the four games should definitely be played. And before Grinky was going to go ahead with the 2-2 pitch, he looked off to make sure that nobody else wasn't going. That's Akil Badu at second right now. Maybe if he had any entertaining thoughts of stealing second base. 2-2 pitch is outside, so... Tucker Barnhart went 0-2, followed a couple off, and now he's taken three consecutive balls here. It is a 3-2 and two count. Zach Greinke in a little bit of struggle street right now, but he can definitely get out of this thing. He can get a double play. You have Spencer Torkelson at first and Akil Badu at second. Greinke is not the uh, fastest as far as his pace and everything else when guys are on base, but between Torkelson and Barnhart, not a lot of speed. He can definitely get a double play if he grounds out of it. Hit high in the air to left field. Ben Benintendi's tracking this one, and he's got it. Badu's going to have to hold. Still, it's a good start right now for the Tigers. They're up 2-0. Zach Greinke's pitch count at 36. And we're flipping back over to the top of the order. It's Victor Reyes. So a little bit of a surprise. Robbie Grossman able to get a day off today. And the same thing with Javier Baez. And not to say that they don't need a day off because the Tigers are going to have about 14 consecutive games until they actually get a day off. But it's one of those things where Robbie Grossman hasn't had the best start to the season. And then on the other end of it, you can also get a day off for Baez and Grossman. You know they play some good defense. You're going to need them, especially into the latter half of the series. So right now, Zach Greinke, 10 balls, 12 strikes. What they're showing off the pitch count of that side, that only counts to 22. So that was must be from the first before the out. It said pitcher this, pitches this inning, 10 balls, 12 strikes, 22. So 22 pitches this inning, just 14 pitches before that. Meeting on the mound between Mike Matheny and Salvador Perez and Nicky Lopez, just trying to make sure Bobby Wood Jr. is in there as well. What they want to do here with Zach Greinke, he is a switch hitter, but I do think... Attacking Victor Reyes at this point, as Toronto is now up 6-1 against the Washington Capitals, my goodness. Attacking Victor Reyes is probably the best thing to do at this point. You really don't want to give Austin Meadows a chance with the bases loaded. Things get really ugly at that point. So the meeting on the mound is over. Zach Greinke is going to get back to work here. Again, 36 pitches for the 20-year veteran. Victor Reyes smashes this one down the right field line, but he hooks it foul. That had the home run distance. It could have been 5 nothing. He was all over that inside fastball, but he hooked it just foul. So Victor Reyes, between his four seasons, he's got 302 games played, 268 batting average, 73 RBIs. So he's a good definite contact hitter. He's got some extra base power, and he's got some good defense. He can play anywhere in the outfield that you would need him. And this is a good day off of a day off to have somebody like this to come in, the 27-year-old veteran, be able to get it done. Pitch out of the strike zone is still swung on there by Reyes, and he's able to follow that off just a side to the left of the mound. And it's an 0-2 count now. Reyes, working with the batting gloves, now digs back into the box couple of uh, swings over the left shoulder, 
Puts both hands on the bat. Ready to go here with this 0-2 count. Grinky gets the sign here from Salvador Perez. Fastball outside. Salvador Perez said just outside, and Victor Reyes did not bite on that one. Good discipline right now for the Tigers, especially with men on base in this inning in the second, that they've not taken those pitches that were close that Zach Grinke could have got borderline on, and they've been sure about what they want to swing at. Victor Reyes right at the second baseman, Nicky Lopez, and that retires the side as he missled it there. Tigers score a couple. They lead 2 nothing at the after two innings, top second. Bottom of the order now coming up for the Royals. Checking back into the action, Casey Mize throws a fastball right down the middle that Carlos Santana will take. He's hitting 0-63 on the season. He's batting number five in the order. Fastball is up and out of the strike zone, so it's a one-on-one -on -one count on Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana now is 36 years of age. Remember a long time with the Cleveland Indians, multiple stints there. Definitely could get you 30 home runs back then as the second pitch is a curveball up and out of the strike zone. Definitely somebody that Casey Mize right now would want to go after. He does have a little bit of power, but he's been in city decline. He's going to be a free agent after the year, about $13 million this year that he's going to make. Carlos Santana ropes this one foul. That was an inside fastball right off the end of it. It could have been a change up there that was hung. 0-77, 1 for 13 against Casey Mize with five walks and four strikeouts. So the one thing Carlos Santana can definitely do, and that stat will definitely tell you that, is he can definitely prolong an at-bat, draw his walks, and do what he needs to do. And Casey Mize now, it's a full count as Carlos Santana takes a fastball way inside. Hunter Dozier is on deck right now. He's betting 200 with an RBI. So Carlos Santana is disciplined. You're going to have to come to him. And Casey Mize, that is just a bad walk there, in my opinion, of a guy that's struggling and you just bailed him out and put him back on base. And that's something hopefully the 25-year-old will be able to rectify as he goes along in his career. Really, it's just the second year here for Casey Mize. And the main thing I want to talk about with this, 24 years of age again, 150 innings pitched, a 7-9 record, a 371 ERA, 118 strikeouts, 41 walks. There was talk last year pretty much in his first season whether or not he's going to be a piece or an ace. Is he going to be a 3-5 to five rotation guy or can he lead the rotation? And this one is a splitter, low, and it bounced off of Tucker Barnhart's mask as he had to discard that one. So Hunter Dozier now has a good hitter's count, 1-0. So is Casey Mize going to be able to you know, close down those walks, slow down his breathing, get those pitches in the strike zone, and get the guys out that he's supposed to get? His offense just got him two ones. You don't want to go ahead and throw all that away right now. Hunter Dozier, 3-15 for 15 to start the year, a 200 batting average, weights on the 1-0. It is a fastball just outside in the left corner, and it's a 94-mile-an-hour fastball. It gives a Hunter Dozier a 2 nothing count right now. It's a backloaded deal for Hunter Dozier. Until 2025, he's going to make about $8.5 million. Splitter. It's low and inside the strike zone here. Clips it just at the very end of the black. At 85, Casey Mize's 17 double plays induced was 8th most in the American League last season. So with Hunter Dozier, 102 games played in 2019, 279 batting average, 26 home runs, 84 RBI in 2019. This ball was blasted in the left field 
line and it goes foul. It's a 2-2 count now against Hunter Dozier. So those 2019 marks, as I talked about with the 29 doubles, he hasn't even gotten anywhere close to that 279 batting average. He's hovering more along these days now between you know 220, 225. Might be one of those things that that backloaded contract, about that $10 million a piece, might haunt the Royals a little bit as he gets this one, a base hit in the left. And that really should just be one guy on base right now. Definitely he had Santana, but he walked him in Dozier. He actually hit a really good pitch there on the inside corner off the fastball. Casey Mize had it near the black, and Hunter Dozier just was able to inside out that thing and hit it down the left field line past Jamer Candelario, and Austin Meadows was able to cut that off. So now the Royals can look to get an instant answer here. <clears throat> Casey Mize's pitch count at 19. He's got a man out first and second with nobody out. This is going to bring up Alberto Mondesi. And there's a lot I have to say about Mondesi here as he gets set to dig in the 26-year-old switch hitter. Looking for the bunt. And Casey Mize. Oh, no. So Casey Mize went to go to second base alertly off the bunt attempt. And it looks like, and A.J. Hinch is going to want to review this one, but when Casey Mize threw it to second base to Harold Castro, he said the throw pulled him off the bag. And the Tigers and A.J. Hinch immediately said, let's go put the headset on and challenge this thing. So Casey Mize is going to whip this one to Harold Castro. It looks like he's got his foot on the bag, and it looks like the ball is in the glove. But again, that angle that I'm looking at on the Ballet Sports Detroit side is, isn't really definitive. So I'm wondering whether or not they're saying the ball kind of came out of the glove before Dozier was able to slide into second base. Now, I don't blame Casey Myers for being heads up as far as throwing at the second base because Hunter Dozier should be a dead duck at this point as long as the ball didn't pop out of the glove. But Mondesi, as we I want to talk about here, he's got a ton of speed. He's already got guys on base. He doesn't hit very well for average. So he wants to be able to just bunt this thing over. And Casey Mize was able to get a quick throw over in there to second, alertly. But if Harold Castro bobbled this thing, he maybe just wonder if he would have been able to even beat Montesi at first. That's why he even went to second. So if this stands, Zach Greinke was just in this same spot where he gave up two runs with the bases loaded. This could be something similar unless Casey Mize can get out of this or... And now it's going to be called at second. It's been an extended look here as Jonathan Scope is out there right now with Harold Castro. And I think he's just maybe wondering if this pitch just got out of the glove before the ball went over. It's been a long look right now. A.J. Hinch still kind of looking on, looking at the referees. Harold Castro getting a couple tosses in the infield in case he might just trying to stay warm right now as we're waiting to see whether or not an out at second is going to be called. So the call is overturned. Hunter Dozier is out at second. It was Alberto Mondesi went for the quick bunt to be able to try to get on base. Mize knew he didn't have a shot at Mondesi at first. 
He got the slow-footed Dozier at second. So it's first and third right now with one out. Michael A. Taylor is going to step to the dish. And when we get back to Montessi, I will talk about more of that stuff as some of the notes I have. So Michael A. Taylor, he's got a RBI opportunity right now. Definitely got a lot of speed. He can definitely be prone to strikeout, though, in case he might just be alert for that. First pitch is a beauty. Caught the inside corner on the black and the bottom lifts to the strike zone, 95 miles an hour. Michael A. Taylor, decent start to the year, though. 286, 4 for 14, an extra base hit, and 2 RBI in 5 games here for the Royals. <clears throat> There's a lot of room on the right side here for Taylor if he wants to slash it that way. The 0-1 pitch from Mize. High into the left of the strike zone there. Pass Barnhart. couple practice swings there from Michael A. 31 years of age now. Good right-handed bat. Career high in 2021, 142 games played. He's a good defender, but he's definitely a strikeout pony. He has some extra base power a tad if he can put the ball in play. Maybe a look for Alberto Montesi to steal if he wants to do so right now. If Casey Mize takes too long, he does go. Tucker Barnhart, that's just a look. So we just talked about that with Mondesi. Casey Mize was taking his sweet time delivering that ball. And Mondesi was able to measure him up and easily steal that bag. Mondesi, a couple years ago, about a 40-something stolen base amount. So definitely quick as a cat to be able to get those steals. And he pretty much just got Casey Mize the whole way through. No chance for Tucker Barnhart to even get him at second. So second and third, one out. And Michael A. Taylor has got a hitter's count. It's 2-1-1. 15 steals last year for Mondesi. Only caught stealing them once. 2-1-1 pitch. Tap foul. That was a splitter on the bottom left. Makes it 2-2 two two now. Casey Mize, he has a fastball, a curveball, a splitter, a changeup. I think he also has a curveball as well if he chooses to throw that. It's probably more of his fifth pitch at this point. It's a really good night at Kauffman Stadium right now, about 45 degrees. Not a cloud in sight right now. 2-2. Up and out of the strike zone. Full count right now for Michael A. Taylor. If he can take this walk, that's going to bring up Nicky Lopez. He's a really good contact hitter at that point. That's not what the Tigers need right now. They need to be able to get Michael A. Taylor to chase this thing and get another strikeout as far as Mize is concerned. When Bally Sports fixed the challenge part of the screen and goes back to his name in the pitch count, we will get that as well. And he got him with a splitter low in the dirt. That was what Casey really needed. So well-located splitter out of the strike zone, and Michael A. Uh, chased that one. So two outs, man in second and third. That's going to bring up Nicky Lopez. So Nicky Lopez, his numbers last year, again, really good numbers for KC Royals. He's at the bottom of the order, and I imagine if his numbers continue from last year, he will move up. 151 games played, he batted 300, 149 hits, 22 stolen bases, 74 walks. An excellent infield defender with some really good speed. Definitely puts the ball in play, does not strike out much at all. 0-1 pitch. Really good pitch, bunched up Nicky Lopez inside with the fastball. And all Lopez could do was just take this one. Hitting 357 so far in the in the season, 5 for 14, an extra base hit, an RBI. 
300 average last year, like I said, was fifth in the AL. So Nicky Lopez does not care if he's down in the count. You can definitely get this. Ooh, pitchers up and inside. Almost got the sweet chin music for Lopez as he was able to bail out of the way as it went up near his face. 417 against Casey Mines. 5 of 12 with a double and three RBI. So Nicky Lopez probably putting this in play, but if you walk Lopez, you got Win Merrifield at the dish. And Win Merrifield has been an absolute tiger killer over the last few years. Really don't want to put him on. Ten balls, ten strikes for Casey here in the inning. Twenty pitches in, eight pitches in the first. One-one count. Swung right through the splitter at the bottom of the left of the strike zone, so he's gone to that splitter when he's needed a strike, and these Royals have swung right through it so far. That's been a good pitch. We'll see if he gets better command of his fastball, though, from what I've noticed, but that splitter has been a thing of beauty right now for Casey. Nicky Lopez waiting on the 1-2 and two count. Casey getting the sign from Barnhart. Splitter low in the strike zone right on the black, and Nicky Lopez just got a piece of this one. Stays alive, one and two count. So, you can play second base, third base, first base, shortstop, anywhere you need in the infield. Nicky Lopez is excellent. Just struck out only 74 times last year. This is what you want with a guy on base right now. The nine spot in your lineup, be able to get you some RBI. This is a good opportunity here for Lopez to get this one. Got a little power. Ball is out of the strike zone here. That was a changeup that went just wide. In case he's not giving in right now, what it's what it seems like. But I really feel like you have to trust your defense at this point and pitch to contact. Lopez isn't one of those guys that's gonna take you deep. But he's definitely gonna make contact of it. So Harold Castro, Jonathan Scope, Jamer Candelario, they gotta be ready because it's gonna get peppered in the infield if he does. Inside pitch goes right to Cabrera. And there we go, right to Torkelson there, and he's out. So Casey Mai is able to get out of that thing, jams it at second and third. We're going to come right back, top of the third, 2-0 Tigers lead. First pitch to Austin Meadows here in the top of the third inning is a splitter in the strike zone here from Zach Grinke. Second pitch of the bat is a fastball just on the outside, if you want to call it that. It is 0-2. He got the call against Austin Meadows there. 0-1 so far in this game, hitting 444-8-18 so far in the season. He's been a revelation here for the Tigers. Every bit is good. 0-2 pitch. Curveball in the dirt. Austin Meadows lays off. Not afraid to take his walks right now. If you're just joining me, we're at the top of the third inning at Kauffman Stadium. It's the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals. The Tigers are 2-4 and four on the season. They won the first game of the series between the White Sox and Red Sox and lost the last two. The Royals started 2-0. They've lost three straight. They got pounded a couple times by the Guardians as they split the four-game series. They got absolutely pounded in that series. And let's give me some of those scores. 17-3 and 10-7 in the final two games. And then they lost one of the games of the St. Louis Cardinals. Torkelson, or, uh, Meadows is going to inside out this thing to Nicky Lopez. Nice throw across the diamond there to Carlos Santana. Robbed him of a base hit, no question about it. Nice defense there by Nicky Lopez. So 
Royals want to get back on track after losing three straight. Again, for the Tigers aspect of it, you win one and two against the White Sox and the Red Sox. Now it's a chance to play the Kansas City Royals, and I'm not going to try to sugarcoat this thing, but if the Tigers want to be able to do what they need to be able to do this year, which is have a winning record against any team in the division, they've lost every team in the division last year, they got to win these games. And this should be a good, good time for the Tigers to take their first series of the year against an opponent that I feel like they can beat. So Jonathan Scope now, 0 for 1 in the contest. He flew out first time against Zach Greinke. 1-0 off the curveball, and then he takes the fastball in the inside corner and follows it off down the right field line. So with Jonathan Scope, as we've talked about, with the acquisition of Javier Baez, he's got the off day today. Jonathan Scope is going to be firmly now second base. He was floated between third, third and first because they had Miguel Cabrera play more extended time. Now with Spencer Torkelson always coming back in, Scope is going to get locked in at second base where he is the best at that point. And the double play combination as Granke steps off. The double play combination between Baez and Scope should be absolutely sweet. 1-1 one, one pitch. Down in the strike zone, Nicky Lopez has been a busy man so far in this inning. Easy toss to Carlos Santana. Two up, two down right now for Zach Grinke as he's got a good start here in the third. Gave up a couple in the second. That was a bases loaded hit by pitch for Spencer Torkelson to get an RBI. And then Harold Castro got a sack fly that brought home Miguel Cabrera of all people off the sack fly. But he was alert and Salvador Perez missed the tag. So Jamer Candelario, already one for one in the contest, will step in here. Top of the third inning, two outs. John out here with you from Kauffman Stadium. It's a Thursday night, the four-game series, first game of the four-game series. Candelario swings an inside pitch. And Montessi, one, two, three for Grinky. That's about as easy as you like, six pitches. And that's going to end the top of the third for the Tigers. When we come back up here, it's the top of the order for the Royals, Merrifield, Wood Jr., and Benintendi. So it is the bottom of the third inning and is the top of the order here for the Kansas City Royals. It's going to be Whit Merrifield, Bobby Wood Jr., and Andrew Benintendi to lead off the bottom of the third inning once again as the lineup will flip over. Casey Mize was able to get out of some trouble in the second inning and a man on second third with one out and was able to get a couple of ground balls to keep that stuff over there. So the first pitch is a splitter low and out of the strike zone. Casey Mize getting set on the 1-0. Is a fastball that is up and up. I think there could have been a change up there. Wood Merrifield 0 for 1 right now on the season. Or 0 for 1 in this game. I'm sorry, 190 in the season. 4 of 21 with an RBI. He's a guy, as I mentioned, that can play some very versatile defense. He usually plays right field now, but he can play anywhere between the infield and outfield. 1-1 pitch. Good splitter right on the black. And Merrifield had to spit on that one. Wasn't much you could do. Second pitch, same spot. A little bit low. It's 2-2 right now for Casey Mize in this battle against Whit Merrifield. And I would expect Whit Merrifield, just like a lot of other players, as the season goes along, you get your feet and legs underneath you and figure that one out. Three straight splitters here. You got might want to try to vary up this pitch sequence. Now it's a full count. You really want to keep Wet Merrifield off the bases. He's definitely somebody that can get you some stolen bases. In between that, he can also get you about 40 bags at that point. So you have to be very careful at this part. Fastball gets blasted up and on a play. So it still remains a full count here for Wet Merrifield. 
Now, what was interesting, as I talked about, 33 years of age, he's got a little bit of a backloaded contract as well to where he gets to the you know 36 spot. He's going to make $18 million in 2024, and then he's going to become a free agent. So there's a buyout option in there as well as Merrifield ropes this one down the left field line, and it's a foul ball as it just went before the foul pole, though. That had extra bases written all over it, and Merrifield just missed it. So, again, it's one of those guys that can get you multiple stolen bases and get you multiple doubles. He's a 300 hitter. He's versatile. He plays great defense. Career against Detroit, 338, 11 bombs, 48 RBI, and a 916 OPS in 95 games. I mean, that's about as lofty as you could ever ask for. I mean, that's up to, like, Jim Tomey with the Indians when you're thinking about all that damage way back in the day. Merrifield digs back in with the full count. Mize getting ready for the pitch. Fastball down the middle, and it looks like Merrifield might have just missed that one. Victor Reyes is going to glove this one as Merrifield is out. That's going to bring up the top prospect, Bobby Witt Jr. Already looked pretty good in this game, so my goodness, I don't know if I can get all this in. Kyle Funkhauser, Andrew Chafin, Derek Hill, Spencer Turnbull, Jake Rogers, Jose Cisnero, Riley Green, Michael Pineda, Willie Peralta, and Robbie Grossman are all missing right now. So Robbie Grossman is day-to-day. -day. He got banged up, so that's why he's not playing. All those guys are on the injured list. Witt Jr., pop-up. It's going to be Spencer Torkelson toward the right field side, falling down a little bit, but he uh, manages to keep his eye on the baseball and glove that one. Red Wings now have a 2-0 lead against the Carolina Hurricanes, about 14-24 remaining here in the third period. So Bobby Wood Jr. had a double, then he got caught in between no man's land. We had a triple. He got caught in between no man's land between uh, home and third, and Tucker Barnhart and Candelario and Castro teamed up to get him and tack him out. Andrew Benintendi, 389 on the season, 7 of 18. It's one of his better starts that he's had. Fastball at the knees. It is ball one for Benintendi. So with Andrew Benintendi, here's the interesting part. In 2018 season with the Red Sox, 148 games played, 290 batting average, 87 RBI. As he rips that one right down the middle for a base hit with 21 stolen bags. So, he's been good, but my question is, can he be the elite level player that the Red Sox, you know, was for a couple of years? Red Sox probably gave up on him in the sense of you have some other outfield prospects, you didn't want to pay him all that money. He's been a good player. He's been a very good serviceable player, but he's not really been that star. But this year right now for Andrew Benintendi, he's in about 400 so far early in the season. We're just about three series in for most teams right now. It's been good. Got to watch out for this guy, though. Salvador Perez. He's got a guy on first. Two outs. Casey Mize here. Mize is going to look at Benintendi here. Benintendi, not so much of a stolen base threat, but he definitely has some wheels. Fastball. Outside on the left that Salvador Perez is going to spit on. So when we talked about it again last year. The numbers might be declining on the defensive aspect of it, but 48 home runs and 121 RBI for Perez was an absolute machine with guys on base. So you got to be careful with him. Did he go? 
2-0. Salvador Perez now, as he just was able to hold off in time on that splitter. Casey Mize right now, and I'm not saying too much. I don't want to be a glass half empty kind of guy, but a lot of splitters when he needs that strike, if he can locate those, okay, then you guys will spit on it or, you know, just ground out weakly there. But hopefully he can incorporate some of his other pitches for strikes when he needs to. Missled down the left field line and foul. That almost struck the bat boy. That was an absolute blast. That had to be about 100 miles an hour right off the bat. So Benintendi, they had the hit and run on with 2-0 and count. And that could have been a good call there for Mike Matheny, but Salvador Perez just was not able to keep that fair down the left field line. So far right now for Mize, it has been very good. I can say that. Like that splitter down in the zone for what it's worth. And with guys on base, he's been very poised so far, but big bat to deal with in Perez. High and out of the strike zone there. 3-1 count for Salvador Perez. We'll see whether or not Casey Mize wants to go after him at this point. Big at bat so far early in the game. Tigers have a 2-0 lead, but this could easily be tied if Casey makes a mistake over the heart of the plate. 3-1 pitch. Getting the signs there with Barnhart. He shakes him off. And Perez is going to say, you guys are taking too much time. Let me step out of the box here and take a couple practice swings and get settled back in. Pittsburgh's got a 7-4 lead right now. Baseball scores over Washington. Miami up 4-1 over Philadelphia on top of the seventh inning. This is the bottom of the third right now. Two outs for Casey Mize. Fastball blew him away. Still another strike to work with, though, for Salvador Perez. That was right on the black at 95, and Perez swung right through it. So, Casey Mize, that's good to see. As I talk about the secondary pitches like that, he's been predominant on that splitter. He was looking for a fastball there, and it surprised Perez. 3-2. Splitter. Lifted. And Reyes is going to get this one as he hit it just off the end of the bat. But considering he hit that off the end of the bat, he almost hit it to the warning track. And Mize was able to get out of trouble once again. It is 2-0 after three innings of play. Miguel Cabrera do up next. Checking back into the fourth inning action here as Miguel Cabrera is going to lead that off. He's 33 all-time in career hits, 2,992. Nine more, and he's going to pass the late great Roberto Clemente, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Zach Greinke, 48 pitches as he's getting started in the through three innings at least. Miguel Cabrera already one for one with a single, and the first pitch is a curveball that bounces off Salvador Perez, and it's a one nothing count here for Miguel Cabrera. So everybody knows about all the accolades here for Miguel, but I want to take this a step further here. When you think about his 75 RBI and 256 batting average and 130 games played last year, that was the most he's had in the last five seasons. Hanging curveball, scolded down the left field line, and Miguel Cabrera starts two for two. And I talked about this in the opening a little bit. Zach Greinke kind of topples out at 90 miles an hour on that fastball. Miguel Cabrera might not have the same kind of bat speed as he used to have, but Greinke might be one of those guys that can be right in his wheelhouse. He doesn't top out you know, more than 91 miles an hour. It was a hanging curve there. It stayed up. Miguel Cabrera, with his arms out, was able to get that extended down the left field and pass Benintendi with a solid single. So that's his second hit of the game. He's at 2,993 now as they got to change that sign. You see all that stuff at Comerica Park, but one of the home road fans was able to bring that one in and change that side himself. So 31 strikes, 19 balls. Granky's now at 50. 
Akil Badu now in the sixth spot because Robbie Grossman, again, he's day-to-day, and Javier Baez got the day off. Akil Badu was able to get a big-time walk in the second inning when the Tigers had traffic on the base paths. McTorkelson was hit by a pitch with the bases loaded to get an RBI, and Granky got a call there, and Badu was shaking his head. He was like, all right, all right. It is a 2 of 16 start here for Badu, 125. That extra base hit was a home run and a double as well with an RBI. It was a curveball high and up and out of the strike zone, but Granky got the call on it. Badu cocks the bat over his left shoulder. A couple of wiggle around here. Curveball inside Jam Badu. It's now 0 and 2 on Akil. So when we talk about Akil Badu, again, 124 games played last season. 259 batting average, 20 doubles, 7 triples, 13 home runs, 55 RBI. Really good for a Rule 5 pick from the Minnesota Twins. Have a kill Badu come over there to be able to give that kind of production. It's a right-hander on the mound today, but if he can fix some of that you know, Achilles heel that he's got the left-handers, can look pretty good. Curveball in the dirt, blocked by Perez. Obviously, Miguel Cabrera is not going anywhere. So it is a 1-2 and two count as Badu is still alive. So, but this is a good chance here for, you know, Badu, Torkelson, Castro, some of these other guys. I do like having Harold Castro in the 8th spot because he can give you a really good at-bat as far as keeping that bat prolonged in the strike zone and taking his time with it. We'll see if Akil Badu again can continue to work this count. Fastball outside. <clears throat> it is a 2-2 two and two now on Akil Badu. Usually plays the corner outfield. He's playing center field today. Akil Badu doesn't have the greatest reactions as far as playing that center field spot, but I believe his defense is going to get better. Considering the guy is only 23 years of age, I think his room to improve is definite. Curveball just hit off the end of the bat and fouled up and out of play, so Badu stays alive here. Grinky about to throw. Pitch number 56, once Akil Badu digs back into the box. NHL score here for you on ESPN. Primetime matchup between the Wild and the Stars in the Pacific is tied at 1-1, about 15 minutes in the second period. Badu takes a curveball outside, and after 0-2, which should have already been a walk, he got one of those calls. Akil Badu, once again... Has got a full count, and Granky, I think this is his third full count of the contest right now, and he's going to take another short meeting here with Salvador Perez. Try to be able to dig back into the the mound and dig his cleats into the dirt. AJ Hinch is talking to his other managers and stuff like that. I think he's got to be happy with what he's seeing right now. Full count pitch underway. Badu ropes this one, fouled on the right field line. We're going to do it all over once again. Seven pitch at bat right now for Akil Badu. Keep them going right now. That's what you want right now for the bottom of this order. Give another chance for some traffic on the base paths here for Spencer Torkelson and see if he can make something happen or whether or not Akil Badu can make something happen here. Eighth pitch of the at bat. Underway. Curveball. Popped it up in the air. Who wants this one? It's going to be Carlos Santana. Going to glove this one. They're going to keep Miguel Cabrera at first. It's going to bring up Spencer Torkelson now. So 7-8-9. Going to get set to go here in the order. If they can extend it. Torkelson is going to have a man on first. That's Miguel Cabrera. 
with one out. So post game yesterday, Spencer Torkelson meets fan who caught the first home run ball. So I'm sure he got a nice autograph bat, a ball, and everything else. That's really cool there. So that should be something to be able to cherish forever, I would hope. You wouldn't want to sell those kind of things. This guy should be in a Tigers uniform for a long time if Al Avila and everyone else can help it. First pitch he was, first at batty, I should say he was hit by a pitch as it was a curveball right on the black, and it's 0-1 on Spencer Torkelson. Hit by a pitch with the bases loaded, but he got an RBI. 167 average, 3 of 17 so far in the season, 2 extra base, a double, and a home run, and 3 RBI. 0-1 pitch. Low and in the dirt block there by Salvador Perez. Now with Perez, I know some people don't want to hear this, but I'm just going to mention it as it is. He is not the same kind of elite level defender that he used to be, but I understand that being in your mid-30s, and I also understand that being a guy that plays damn near close to all 162 games of the year all the time, not, not counting the COVID-shortened season. That's going to take some wear and tear, but he likes to catch. So I think he's given the Royals everything else you could ask for. Second pitch is a fastball, just low and inside. 2-1-1 now on Spencer Torkelson. I believe, unless there's anyone else on that back end of the bullpen, if, if Craig Allen or anyone else has re returned, that Salvador Perez is the only man left from that World Series for the Kansas City Royals. Curveball missed inside, and Spencer Torkelson has got a good count to work with if he chooses to swing here. It's 3-1. The, the Royals last won the World Series in 2015 against the New York Mets and Curtis Granderson, which made me a little sad on the end of it, but I was happy for the Royals fans as well. Some of my friends are Royals fans. I was happy for them. But I think Salvador Perez is the only one on the left. Torkelson, ground ball. Should be a double play. Nicky Lopez flipped there for inside and from Montessi, and that ends it. On a 3-1 count, Torkelson hits into a double play with Cabrera on the bases. And it's going to be Carlos Santana, Hunter Dozier, and Alberto Montesi doing the fourth. Going to get set to call the bottom of the fourth inning. Casey Mize back out there against the number five hitter, Carlos Santana. He last issued a walk with a full count. Nice fastball right on the outside black. And then the second pitch was served as the feed caught back up. Right in the center field and caught there by Akil Badu. That is one quick out there with two pitches induced. And Casey Mize, he's right at the 50 mark right now. One out here in the fourth. John out here with you from Kauffman Stadium. It is the Tigers' first road series of the year. They are 2-4 and four on the year. The Kansas City Royals are 2-3. and three. The Kansas City Royals split the series with the Guardians. And then they lost one to the Cardinals before the other games were postponed. Hunter Dozier takes a fastball just outside on the black. It is nothing count in favor of Dozier right now. Casey Mize getting the sign here from Tucker Barnhart. Looks like they want something in the dirt. They might be going back to the splitter. It's roasted inside, and it's just foul. Is that just went past Candelario. Dozier had a really good rip on it. He's looked good so far. I talked about that early with some of his numbers, that they may not have been what he wanted. But so far in this season right now, and so far in this game, he's looked pretty solid. That was a really good inside splitter there, and he was able to almost muscle that thing down the left field line. 
So that backhanded deal of about eight and a half million to ten million may may hurt the Royals a little bit as long as you know he doesn't put up some of those numbers. But he's the DH for the reason. This one is lifted into center field to Kiel Badu, racing back a little bit more. Goes off the front of his glove. Dozier's going to have at least two. He's going for three. Castro holding off, and Hunter Dozier gets an easy triple as Akil Badu misplayed that one off his glove. He kind of just mistimed where he was going to be in that center field spot. And again, that's one of those things, not the knock on Akil Badu, but... He plays the corner outfield there for a reason. He's getting a chance with some of these other guys of the day off. Maybe you would move Reyes and things like that. So cast you know, Reyes is usually there. Badu, he was just trying to measure the wall. And he turned around a little late. He tried to lunge for it with his right hand. It just went off the front of his glove and Hunter Dozier never stopped running the whole way. So that's a triple there. And now it's going to be the pretty much the same situation that Casey Mize has been in a couple times already in this game. But how many times can you play with fire and get out of this thing right now? Ottawa Senators right now have a 3-2 lead over the Boston Bruins. That's big. And the Eastern Conference for hockey scores as far as that because the Tampa Bay Lightning and Boston are fighting for that number three spot. Montesio for one in this game right now with a bunt. Second pitch, curveball. Just outside. It's 1-1 now. The Detroit Red Wings have a 3-0 lead on the Carolina Hurricanes with 5.06 left remaining in the game. Alberto Montesi grounded in a fielder's choice in the second off the bunt, and he has a stolen base so far in this game. Montesi, the 1-1 count now. The splitter, low and out of the strike zone. Make that 2-1 for Alberto Montesi. Runners in scoring position, the Kansas City Royals are 2 237 right now they're 0 for 5 but I have to feel that's going to change here pretty quickly some stressful pitches here for Mize and you can't continue to just play with fire the whole game 2-1-1 good fastball though just inside but really like that that would have been a pop up there for Mondesi that was a good eye for him to be able to lay it off on that one so we talked about it with Mondesi my only concern is for him, the 26-year-old switch hitter, is staying healthy. We'll get back onto this in a second. Inside pitch. Just missed it. So maybe Montesi can get a chance to get another stolen base. I think with him, as A.J. Hinch looks on, he kind of puts his shoulders out. But Montesi has exceptional speed. Played 102 games in 2019. And that was as close as he's ever gotten. He's usually hovering about the 40 or 50 game mark. He's always been dealing with a lot of injuries. In that 2019 season, 263 batting average, 20 doubles, 10 triples, 43 stolen bases. I think that potential's still there. If he can stay completely healthy, and if he can also just work on that hitting as much as he possibly can, I think Alberto Montesi could be one of the best players in baseball if he can do that. I, I, I mean that wholeheartedly if he can find a way just to move that average up a little bit get more consistent doubles power and get on base a little more the guy's such a threat on the base paths and he's so good defensively i understand why the royals really like that guy i really really do so now it's first and third it's going to be dozier at third mondesi at first michael a taylor is batting now with two guys on and one out. He struck out in the second off a really good splitter there by Casey Mize. 
267 season average, 4 for 15, 1 RBI, and 1 extra base hit. We'll see if Casey Mize pays some extra attention to Montessi or whether or not he's just going to let him go. First pitch. Throw. Not going to get him. So that was a great jump. Should be strike one on Taylor. No chance for Barnhard to be able to throw out Mondesi. So that's two stolen bases for Aldoberto today. And he just got an excellent jump. No chance for Tucker Barnhart to remotely even get a chance on them. By the time Jonathan Scope was able to apply the tag, Mondesi could have been eating a sandwich. <laughs> so, 0 and 1 count on Michael A. Taylor. Again, he's got runners in scoring position for the second time in his consecutive at-bats. It could be a chance here for the Royals to get two off a single. Bunt attempt. And it goes just foul. Running on contact was Hunter Dozier. You would have been able to score easily. But now it's an 0-2 count. As Mike Matheny had that one on. Now his third season here with the Kansas City Royals. So between his three years, and that's one of those COVID-shortened years, he was 74-88 and 88 last year, 101-22 in totality here with the Royals. He spent his last six seasons before that with the St. Louis Cardinals, and the only reason why they let him go is they just couldn't get any wins in the postseason. So Mize has some strikes to play with here. He's ahead 0-2 in the count, but there's a runner second and third, one out here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Splitter, grounded. Dropped there by Candelario, and everybody's safe, and Dozier is going to get the first run of the game here for the Royals as Taylor knocks him in. Candelario tried to stab at it, and that's one of those things I talked about. He can't continue to play with fire forever. Let's see if Jamer Candelario had a better chance to play this one than he initially thought. This one was smoked. He took this right off the hop. He was just able to knock it down. It bounced off the base as well after he knocked it down off of third base, off of his knee, off the base. Really no chance for Candelario to be able to do much about it. But at the end of it, Michael Taylor just put a really good swing on a really good pitch there for Casey Mize. So, job's not done though. It's Nicky Lopez, runners at first and second. Takes a fastball up and in again. Another sweet chin music there to Nicky Lopez. Second time in this game so far. 1-0 is the count. 3.33 season average right now, 5 for 15. A.J. Hinch looks on. You have runners at first and second. It's Mondesi at second with Taylor at first. I don't think Mondesi could steal third or he'd want to, but if, if he wants to, I guess he can. Mize. Great pitch on the outside. That was a little bit of a curve just on the right side. Black. It's a 1-1 count now. Toronto opening a can on the Washington Capitals hockey score for you. The Maple Leafs up 7-3 late in the third period. Pittsburgh is going to beat the New York Islanders 5-2. They have two minutes left here in the third period unless a miracle happens. 1-1 count. Casey Mize throws the pitch. Right on the black again with the splitter. Two perfect pitches there for Casey Mize. And Nicky Lopez could do nothing 
but watch those ones. That's really what you want to see. That's the growth I want to see from Casey Mize. I know that this guy has some pitching ability to be able to have those poise to locate right on the black with runners in scoring position. That's what's going to turn him into a next-level pitcher more than just a casual 3-5 to five rotation type of guy. Pitch number 66, Mize, up and out of the strike zone with the fastball. Nicky Lopez now is the count, 2-2. Two to two. Runners on first and second. That'll be Taylor and Mondesi. John out here with you from Kauffman Stadium. It's a Thursday night. I'm commentating the opener here with you with the full game and play-by-play -play to follow on the website. Thursday game tonight. Friday, Saturday, Sunday will be the series close on Easter. That might be one of those games that could be rained out. 2-2 way out of the strike zone. Looked to be a splitter that just got away from him. And Nicky Lopez has guys on first and second with a full count. Wid Merrifield is on deck. So this is one of those situations I talked about a couple innings ago where it was in the second inning in this spot, in the exact spot here with Nicky Lopez with a couple guys on and Whit Merrifield on deck. You want to nip this in the bud right now because Merrifield could easily give the Royals the lead. Let's see if he can get Lopez out. Jammed him with the fastball. Meadows measuring. And he's got out number two. So this is going to bring Whit Merrifield up to the plate with guys on first and second. And this is going to be interesting here because if you pitch to, let's say you walk Merrifield, and you pitch to Bobby Witt Jr., that puts the rookie up with the biggest pressure point in the game if we get to that point. He already has a triple in the contest, and he has a flair for the dramatic from early. He only has three hits on the season. He's three for 22, but a lot of extra base power, especially for here for Witt Merrifield before we even get to that point. So Witt's got first and second, occupied two outs, Mize. Left center field, that's going to drop and score two runs. That's going to bring in Taylor and Mondesi. Well, it's an RBI single, Taylor goes to third. That could have brought in two runs if they wanted to push it. And Merrifield ties this game at two. And that's just what I thought might happen. Again, you really don't want to load the bases for Bobby Wood Jr., but you really have to throw a much better pitch to Wood Merrifield other than a fastball that can be roped right down the middle for an easy single. Good contact, good piece of hitting there. I mean, no disrespect there to Wood Merrifield. That's just something that he's got to be able to do at this point. He's as professional as they come. He's a career 300 hitter, and that's just way too damn easy as far as I'm concerned here for Casey Mize to just put Wood Merrifield right off the hook with a meatball right down the middle. So he's going to throw it back to first. Merrifield is a guy that can potentially get you some steals. He does have good speed. He does not have the elite speed of a Mondesi, but he has probably the best base running instincts on the entire team. He can definitely swipe you some backs. Bobby Wood Jr. First pitch. Splitter. Low and out of the strike zone a little on the left. Not close. One and two, Bobby Wood Jr. again. The Royals could have had a lead in this game, but he was caught in between third and home, and he was tagged out there by the combination of Candelario, Castro, and Barnhart. Ten of 20 batters have been in scoring position right now of Casey Mize. Stressful innings. Nice pitch on the left inside corner. That was the splitter. That evens the count at one against the top prospect for the Royals, Bobby Wood Jr., 
I mentioned this earlier, and we've already showcased this throughout the game. He's got some elite speed, and not just for an infield. He definitely has some elite speed for an outfielder if they choose to play him at that point. One and one. Splitter, good block there by Barnhart to stop Wood Merrifield from going any farther. 2-1 count in the favor for Bobby Wood Jr. 21 years old, top prospect in the Royals system. 153 stolen bases since 2017 for Webb Merrifield. That is only behind Trey Turner. So if you didn't think of Webb Merrifield as elite speed, he definitely has the instincts. Count the favor for Bobby Wood Jr. 2-1. Mice. Second pitch, fastball. A little late on it. Fouled off down the right field line. Hockey scores here for you. The Minnesota Wild now are up 2-1 against the Dallas Stars with 3.50 left to go in the second. That's a good battle in the Pacific Division. Edmonton Oilers up 3-0 against the Nashville Predators. Three minutes left to go in the second period. Sharks and Blackhawks, two teams that are out of the playoff race, so to speak, tied 1-1 after 1. <clears throat> Wade Jr. waiting on the 2-2 pitch. Merrifield's going to go. And no throw. So third stolen base here for the Kansas City Royals. They've been very, very active. This could be a defensive indifference now because they have a guy in second and third. I think that's just a stolen base, though, for Wood Merrifield. Again, three stolen bases today, two for Mondesi and one for Merrifield, and no chance. I mean, Mize is going to have to learn, I will say this, I'm not trying to harp on him too much, Beer, but second-year pitcher is going to have to just learn to throw over and not take so much time. Payoff pitch got wet right on the corner, though. Huge strikeout, but the Royals tie the game at two behind Whit Merrifield, getting him soft single into center field. So, 2-2 score, we're heading into the fifth inning when we come back. Back in to call the action here. Zach Greinke still on the mound. This is going to be Harold Castro hitting Harold Castro on the eighth spot. Beautiful curveball there from Zach Greinke. Almost call that one an EFIS, about 68 miles an hour in the right inside corner. The Kansas City Royals, if you're just joining me, they've tied this game up at two. It was Aldoberto Montesi being a terror on the base paths. Hunter Dozier got a triple, got scored there by Michael A. Taylor. Montessi being able to get to third, a couple of stolen bases in this game, and Wood Merrifield knocked him in with a solid single. Tied the game at two. 1-1 one, one count. Outside Black with a fastball, and Castro didn't like it, but for my liking, again, a 20-year veteran in Zach Grinke, he's going to get those calls, and that one was just enough close to the Black. But with Castro, he's a guy that does not strike out a lot. Just like we talk about Nicky Lopez on the other side of things. I might jinx him here. 1-2 count. And did he offer at it? No, he did not. He spit on the curveball just outside. But Castro is one of those guys that can keep the bat in play for a long time, keep it in the zone, and he's very selective at about what he wants to swing at. So to have him in the eighth spot in the lineup, I think that works well, especially when you get Torkelson on base, curveball, served into left field, Bonacy on his horse, and he gets this one just on the left field side, that was Andrew Benintendi that had to go right into the warning track. So Castro, good power there on the left field side, but Benintendi ran it down. So at least one gold glove 
winner in the, each of the last 11 seasons for the Kansas City Royals. So that really tells you how much they value defense. When you're talking about Salvador Perez, you're talking about Michael A. Taylor, Benintendi, Alex Gordon for so many years when he was with the Kansas City Royals. And even if you want to throw Zach Greinke in there, he's probably one of the best defensive pitchers that we've had in the league for a long time, can definitely field his position. So that brings up Tucker Bernhardt now, number nine spot. Curveball, followed off in the left inside black off of the shin guard, but Barnhart will be okay with that. 0-1 count now. Again, we've talked about Tucker Barnhart a little bit, and there isn't much I can say as far as his offensive numbers, but I think we talk about this a lot with the catcher and with Alex Avila on the other side when he was with the Tigers for a long time. It's about playing some good defense, being able to call the game, being able to frame the pitches, steal some strikes here for your pitcher, and Tucker Barnhart can do all of that. And I think Al Avila really brought in Barnhart to be able to solidify that stuff to one Jake Rogers will come back. Fastball up and out of the zone. Granke does not get the call this time. That one was a little too far out of the zone. He's thrown 70 pitches right now through five innings. Mike Matheny, they're showing right now on the Bally Sports Detroit side. Third season as Royals manager, 102-125 record. NL champion in 2013 with the Royals. In very much of a rebuild, just like the Detroit Tigers are, so you can't pay too much attention to that. Curveball low and in the dirt toward the left corner. And a 2-1 count here for Tucker Barnhart. But back to Barnhart here for a moment. He's one of those guys that's a really good defensive catcher. Frame the pitches, steal the strikes, good left-handed bat. The Tigers didn't have a lot of left-handed bats, so they used him in there for a one-year deal. And again, when Jake Rogers comes back, you feel he's going to be, once he gets his feet underneath him, the everyday catcher here for the most part with Haas and Barnhart, a little bit of platoon. Fastball just on the outside black toward the right, and it's a 3-1 count here for Tucker Barnhart. He had a 3-1 count in the last time he was up, and he was able to follow that one just toward the left, and it was picked up by Carlos Santana as he tagged the first base bag. We'll see if Barnhart can get a hold of something. 3-1 pitch. Fastball served in the center field past Nicky Lopez, and that puts Tucker Barnhart on board with a solid single. So really good at-bat there for Tucker Barnhart, and the lineup will turn over once again to the top of the order. That's going to bring up Victor Reyes, the switch hitter playing right field today. So with Victor Reyes, there isn't so much that I can say as far as definitive numbers. He's been one of those guys, the 27-year-old switch bat, that is one of the bench guys. But an, every, an everyday bench guy could be one of those everyday bench guys if you want to say it that way. But between Willie Castro, Harold Castro, Victor Reyes, Derek Hill when he comes back, guys that are serviceable in the outfield infield that can get you what you need, solid defense, good speed, and be able to handle the bat. And a switch bat especially, that hits pretty well on both sides, can hit for average. He's up for two in this game, 222 on the season right now, two for nine, one extra base hit and two RBI. But somebody you can definitely depend on, with runners in the scoring position when you need to, but especially on defense. Reyes, ground ball to short, and that's easy there for Mondesi. He swung on a bad one there, and that just doubles off. Barnard and everybody else, and the Tigers go 1-2-3. So it's going to be Benintendi, Salvador Perez, and Carlos Santana, the bottom of the fifth, when we come back. So it looks like Tigers fan could be, I don't think that's Craig Monroe there. Somebody looking on the other side, kind of looks like Craig Monroe there. Beautiful shot there of Kauffman Stadium Fountain. It's going to be Benintendi, Salvador Perez, and Carlos Santana. Benintendi takes the curveball up and way out of play. 
It's 0-1-1 count now on Andrew Benintendi. We talk about it. He's been good so far to start the year. 421, 8 of 19, one extra base hit and four RBI. That's exactly what the Royals envisioned when they signed this guy. He hasn't really hit all those same numbers with the Red Sox, but this year it's been a different story so far as it's been a quick early start. So he's been solid in the middle of the order, and that's what the Royals would really expect. Get somebody on base, have Salvador Perez drive them in and keep it like clockwork as much as possible. So here with Benintendi, good contract here worth in the next couple of years. 0-2 count right now, tries to pull this fastball, and it goes just toward the left and out of play. So again, tomorrow starters, about another 8-10 start. It's going to be Tarek Skubal and Brad Keller. Brad Keller making his debut in the 2022 part of the season at least. 0-2 on Benintendi. Casey Mize running through the signs here with Tucker Barnhart. And now they're taking too long, and Benintendi's going to step out of the box here. So it's a shift that's on Benintendi where the third base is just wide open for doubles. And it's one of those things where he's got enough speed to turn that into it. It hits it into the shift. This is going to be Harold Castro throwing it on to Spencer Torkelson. One up, one down to start the bottom of the fifth inning. Casey Mize going to get set to throw his 80th pitch when we get underway here with Salvador Perez. Now with Salvador Perez... I've talked about this a couple times already, but 161 games played, 270, 273 average, 48 home runs, 120 RBI, 2015 World Series champion. He could be bought out when he hits 35, the 2026 season, but he's going to make roughly $20 million until then. And I really think he's been every worth every penny for the Kansas City Royals. When you get somebody like that in the system, he always was. An incredible defensive catcher, a guy that can play every day. His defense has kind of slowed down a little bit, but his power has just blossomed. I mean, there really isn't any other way that you can say it. He's 0 for 2 right now in this game, but he's definite a threat to hit a shot at any point. 182 average right now, slow start for him, though. 4 of 22, two extra base hits, and three RBI in the season. 2 and 0 count on Salvador Perez. Casey Mize. Fastball on the black, and Perez follows this one away. So, between that money, if the Royals do not bring him back at his age 35-36 season, or whether he announced to just retire or go somewhere else or get a little bit of a smaller deal, this could give the Royals, a small market team like the Tigers, a lot of money to play with by the time all this stuff is done. 2-1 count. Splitter. Right to Candelario, easy toss across the bag to Torkelson, two up, two down. The Detroit Red Wings take out the Carolina Hurricanes today. That was a game that was on Hulu and Hulu only, so I can type some of that when this game is done as well. 18 of the last 23 games between the Tigers and Royals have been decided by two runs or fewer. So this is one of those games that, for my first baseball game that I've covered so far, I hope doesn't go into extra innings, but if it does, I hope my voice makes it all the way through. <laughs> Trying to pace myself as much as possible here. This brings up Carlos Santana in the five spot. Santana waiting on the first pitch. Curveball. Beauty on the top right corner. It's a 0-1 count here against Carlos Santana. Now I mentioned this earlier when Santana came up, and I'm not trying to say this just to bash the guy. I know his average and numbers and everything else are down. But there is a lot of intrinsic value of a guy that can go ahead and take a 
take a walk, hit some power when he needs to, just be disciplined and wait for the pitch that he wants to hit. No, he's not going to hit you 30 bombs anymore, but if you leave him a cookie there, you give him something stupid, he will knock it out. Another sweet chin music there. This one to Carlos Santana. That's his first. Nicky Lopez got a couple of those. It's going to be Joe Jimenez in the bullpen right now, warming up here for the Tigers. So we'll see if Casey Mize will be done after five. It's been a solid outing, but again, he's been flirting with danger for the most part of this contest in its entirety. 2-1. Carlos Santana is going to step out. But Santana was one of those guys that can either be a DH, a first baseman. He played a lot of catcher with the Cleveland Indians, now Guardians, for a long, long time. And now Tucker Barnhart will talk with Casey Mize just to make sure to get the signs over. What I want to see right now, especially in this at-bat, and I talked about it the first time when Carlos Santana was up and he drew a walk, go after this guy right now. Eight pitches in the first, 24 in the second, 17 in the third, 26 in the fourth, and 11 in the fifth. Carlos Santana right now is about a buck 85 hitter. Yes, I know he knows the strike zone, but go after this guy and get the easy outs when you can get them. Try not to waste your pitches. Warming in the Kansas City bullpen is Colin Snyder, the right-hander. That's a good pitch there. It's a splitter up in the zone. Not entirely hanging there, but Carlos Santana just lets that one go. It's a 2-2 two and two count now on the veteran. So Santana is a free agent at the end of the year. Oh, he absolutely blasts this one! Deep center field! Badoo! Racing on the warning track, and he got it just before it went out of the ballpark. A sigh of relief there for the Tigers. It's going to be Meadows and Scope coming up next. So Granke's still on the mound. It's a curveball for a strike to Austin Meadows. The second pitch is going to get set to get underway here. Part of my feet is cut off, and then I have the other slower feet here just in case. So 0-1 count, 0-2 now. Yes, it is. It is clipping the right inside corner to Austin Meadows. So for Grinke, 77 pitches thrown so far. Two groundouts here for Meadows. His batting average still a very healthy 421, 8 of 19 on the season. It seems like Grinke is really on his P's and Q's as far as pitching to Austin Meadows. That one is low and outside with the changeup. As far as getting... The pitcher's best pitches because Austin Meadows has been one of the most dangerous hitters. Curveball, low and in the dirt, blocked there by Salvador Perez. And now Meadows up to a 2-2 two and two count. Austin Meadows is not one of those guys that will take an at-bat off, especially early in the season. Thankfully, for me, being in Detroit and covering some of these other areas, I get a chance to watch Austin Meadows a little bit every day, so... That wonderful season he had with 26 home runs and 104 RBI for the Tampa Bay Rays as this pitch is blasted down the right field line and it goes right to Whit Merrifield. That's going to be a solid single there for Austin Meadows as he gets on base. That is going to bring up Jonathan Scope. So 2-3-4 and four are going to get a, all going to get a chance here and Scope with somebody on base. As Meadows has been just really good. He's been taking his walks. He sees a lot of pitches. He's very patient. And he plays a solid defense. Again, nothing spectacular, but he just does everything right. And for the Tigers to be able to get somebody like that in exchange for Isak Paredes in a competitive balance pick, because Paredes couldn't even really make the roster. I know the infielder had some promise, 
Scope takes the curveball, and he's a little bit out in front of it as it goes just to the left and foul of third base side. But to be able to get all of that for Meadows just for Isak Paredes in a competitive balance pick, I think the Tigers have to be happy with that because Meadows, again, 27 years of age still, and he's under control until 2025. So he's going to be a mainstay for a long time. And then you think when Riley Green comes back, maybe that puts Akil Badu in the corner outfield. We don't know. And again, I'll post some of the season preview stuff with the game story here today. But we'll see. I think it's good for the Tigers. Scope. Curveball. In the dirt. Gets away. And Meadows is going to take that second base. So heads up and alert base running there for Austin Meadows as it got right by Salvador Perez. And that's what we talk about sometimes. He's getting a little older. Nothing against Salvador Perez here, but he's not the same type of defensive catcher that he used to be. And that go he tried to just glove that down off the curveball and it went right off the inside of the thigh and out. So now they're getting the signals across there because now new to this year is a little bit of computer system that's feed right on the top of the cap. A couple of shake off of the signals here for Zach Greinke. Got some traffic on the base pass. That's Austin Meadows at second. 1-1 one, one count here for Jonathan Scope. No outs yet in the top of the sixth. Scope. And it looks like Greinke's going to step off the mound here and Scope's going to get a chance to reset 6-3 final for the Pittsburgh Penguins as they defeated the New York Islanders. Some NHL scores here for you. 2-1 at the end of the second period, Minnesota Wild against Dallas. Dallas really needs that in the wild card to stay in position. Scope, inside fastball. Hitters count here for Jonathan Scope. Austin Meadows at second, no outs. Granke now at 84 pitches. Scope is 0-2 in this game, and... I hate to say anybody's due so far at this point in the season because it's early. It's only game seven, but Jonathan Scope, he's really good at just being able to get a pitch that he likes. It's 3-1 and one now as the curveball bunches up Scope inside, and now he really has a hitter's count. And if you want to be careful here with Scope, that's also going to bring up something that you don't want to talk about here, Jamer Candelario with men on base, and he can be dangerous too. Grinky, looking with Perez here to try to get their signals uncrossed. Taking his time for sure is Zach Grinky. 3-1, curveball, and he reached for one. But Meadows stays at second. Scope is out of first. And this is going to bring up Jamer Candelario, the sweet switch-hitting third baseman. Again, we talked about it in the open. 149 games played, 271 batting average. 557 at-bats, which is a career high for him last year, 42 doubles and 67 RBI. This might be a situation right now where either Mike Matheny wants to see how good Zach Greinke feels, if he wants to stay in the game right now to go against Jamer Candelario, or if you want to just go right to the bullpen. And they are. Zach Greinke is going to get pulled with one out here in the sixth, and we'll come right back. So it's the first game of no strikeouts against the starting pitcher since September 13, 2019. The Orioles' Aaron Brooks. Zach Greinke does not strike out a lot of people. That's what we talked about in the opening as well, but it's a surprise here. Zach Greinke, his line is not complete here. There's a guy at second base, but five and a third, five hits, two runs. Two earned. This is going to bring Snyder on the mound right now. Colin Snyder. Last season in the minors, 66 innings of 448, uh, 64 Ks, 26 walks, a 146 whip, and a 
opponent's average of 275. So this is a chance right now for Jamer Candelario with Austin Meadows at second base to be able to take the lead right now if he can get a pitch that he likes. We'll see how this guy plays. Snyder's first pitch. Lively fastball. I like that. Definitely in the left inside corner, though, as Candelario was able to back out of the way. One for two. Candelario had a single and a second. A run scored 174-423 right now on the season with two extra base hits. 1-0 pitch. Splitter right on the black. That was nasty there. 1-1 one, one count now. So we'll get a chance to see somebody that I haven't seen coming in from the minors here, just kind of making early another early season outing and see what he's got. That fastball and splitter has been good so far in the first two pitches. 1-1. One, one. Just off the outside with the changeup right in the black on the right-hand side. Followed off by Jamer there. It's now 1-2. and two. Runners in scoring position. Tiger's been pretty good, 263. Tonight they're 0 for 3, though. They need to get this one with Austin Meadows here at second. You don't want to leave him stranded. Granke was just pulled here. Tigers have not struck out in this game. They're in danger of doing that right now with Snyder on the mound. 1 and 2. Fastball fought off there by Candelario. Right on the inside black on the top of the right corner. Perfect pitch. And Candelario could do nothing with it. 9-4 lead right now for the Pittsburgh Pirates in the top of the ninth. I don't know if that's going to be uh, Richard Rodriguez closing that out at this point. don't need to do so. You're up by a lot. Miami Marlins, they beat the Philadelphia Phillies 4-3. The Phillies are off to a slow start after getting punched in the mouth by the Mets. Candelario swung right through the splitter down below in the zone. That is two outs, and that was a filthy pitch. Been good out of the been good out of the bullpen right now. Could just coming into this game, just one batter in. I like all those pitches that I've seen in that entire sequence there with Salvador Perez. Miguel Cabrera in this game, he's been good. He's got two solid singles. He's got a chance right now. Meadows has good speed. If he can get a single into the outfield, Meadows might go to be able to get this game to be three two in favor of the Tigers if Miguel gets a piece of this one. <clears throat> They're showing the Miggy counter right now. A couple hits. They've had to move it from 2,992 to 2,994. He's trying to make it 95 right now with Meadows in second. He digs in. Change up right on the left side black. I mean, all these pitches have been strikes. There's no doubt about it. He's just been really, really good right now. I like what I've seen six pitches in. 0-1-1 cow to Miguel Cabrera. Two solid singles in this game right now. He's been the Tigers' best hitter, that's for sure, so far in this contest. Number 24, inside outs it for a base hit. Miguel Cabrera's three for three. Here comes Meadows. He's out. That's going to end the top of the six. Meadows, I thought he might go, and that was just a great throw there from Whit Merrifield. He got Austin Meadows the whole way. So put it 2,995 as Miguel Cabrera's got his third hit. But this game stays tied at two. Come right back. We're going to call the bottom of the inning here in the sixth. All right, I'm back here for the bottom of the sixth inning. It is Hunter Dozier, two for two. He takes a fastball just on the inside corner here from Joe Jimenez, who just checked in. He features a fastball changeup and a splitter. Dozier already two for two in this contest. 
a single and a triple as well. Joe Jimenez last year, 45 innings, an ERA of about six. 57 strikeouts, 35 walks, a whip of over 1.5. Opponents average at 206. So got to calm down on those walks, and you got to limit the traffic on the base paths here. But he's got a clean inning to pitch with. Dozier. And Dozier's going to get three hits. So Miguel Cabrera's got three hits. Dozier's got three hits. As that just went past Castro and Candelario into the short outfield there toward left. So anything that I talked about with Hunter Dozier to start the year, you can kind of throw all those numbers on him with Andrew Benintendi. They've been excellent here to start the year, and that was just a clean base hit that tried to get under the glove there of Candelario. Castro tried to go pick this one back up, and just three pitches in, Joe Jimenez already has traffic on the base paths, and Aldoberto Mondesi, 0 for 1, with a walk and a couple of steals, is on deck. First pitch from Mondesi is all the way out to the right off the fastball. That's not even close. Torkelson, Scope, Castro, and Candelario are a little bit shifted, so that middle of the infield between where Scope would be at second base is completely open if Mondesi can put that there. So walk in the fourth, a run scored, and two stolen bases there for Mondesi. Second pitch blows him away with the fastball. High in the right side corner, it is a 1-1 count now. Again, we've talked about it with Mondesi, and I wouldn't be surprised. Again, at this point, his career may be a little bit too late, but he's got the kind of speed that can definitely play in the outfield. He's such a great defender. If he just gets the bat together a little bit, considering what he can already do, this guy can be an absolute star. Bunch shown. Popped up in the air. Picked up there by Torkelson as he was very alert. And wow, I'm very surprised. Again, maybe that's why Mondesi's batting average is not as high as it is. Why you wouldn't just swing away with a guy that just doesn't have much command of the strike zone. That's a bell out there and an out there for the Tigers. So, rain delay between the New York Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays has finally ended. It is in the sixth inning right now. I'm in the sixth inning of this game, but sixth inning of the game that should have been and started an hour earlier. The Yankees have a 6-3 lead on the Toronto Blue Jays. And who really wants to go through either one of those lineups and be a pitcher? That's got to be tough. Dozier at first. Taylor up once again. Every single lap bat he's been up. He's had runners scoring position. And that hit Barnhart right off the carom, right in the face mask. And they're going to give him a little bit of time as Jimenez is going to step off the rubber. And so is the umpires and everything else just to make sure that Barnhart is okay because you get your bell rung there when you get slapped by a 96 mile an hour ricochet coming right off the mask. You've seen that a lot with Alex Avila when he was here. So Taylor going to dig back into the box. Couple of stick, couple of knocks around. He puts it back over the left shoulder. One, two pitch, perfect path fastball down in the middle, down in the strike zone near the black. The Dallas Stars have tied the game up in the NHL scores between the Minnesota Wild and the Stars there late in the third, about 13 minutes left to go. It is a big game more so for the Stars, even in the Pacific Division, because you need to be able to keep pace in the wild card with the National Predators. 0-2 pitch for Jimenez. On its way. Seated. And this one it should be easy for Akil Badu as he camps underneath it. No problem for him. Two outs, Dozier has to mosey on back to first base. 
So John out here with you, if you're just joining me, it's a 2-2 score. We're in the bottom of the sixth inning. It's two outs. I'm here with you for Kauffman Stadium for the opener. Thursday contest. It's a four-game series that's going to end on Easter Sunday. So not a cloud in the sky to speak right now. About mid-40s temperatures, about a slight breeze, 10 to 15 miles an hour. My point to all of this being... The weather should hold up for Friday and Saturday, but for Sunday, they're saying about a 70% chance of rain. Could be one of those ones that have rained out. So get your games in now. Beautiful night to play baseball. A little cold, but been a good game so far. The Tigers scored a pair of runs in the top of the second inning when Spencer Torkelson got hit by a pitch with the bases loaded to get an RBI. And Harold Castro got a sack fly that scored Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera's got three hits in this game. Bottom of the second... Casey Mize gets out of some damage. Uh, third as well. No runs scored all the way until the fifth inning when it was Hunter Dozier with a triple and then Whit Merrifield <clears throat> scoring Dozier with the single to tie the game at two. And that was in the fifth inning, but we are in the bottom of the sixth right now. It's a 1-1 count. Two outs. Nicky Lopez at the plate. He's 0 for 2, but he's had a couple really good at-bats as far as seeing some pitches, and he scolded a couple balls that were caught by the defense. 1-1 is on its way from Joe Jimenez. Fastball, outside. A little bit toward the right in the middle of the strike zone. It's a hitter's count for Nicky Lopez. It's 2-1. I've talked about this a couple times here for Lopez, but what a luxury it would be for the Kansas City Royals if it continues, just like last year, hitting 300 and 151 games played, 149 hits, only striking out 74 times. Be able to bat consistently with runners in scoring position like Taylor and Lopez have done in the middle. Bottom of that order. Lopez pops it up. Is Candelario going to be able to get there is the only question. And it goes just to the screen and the bench. And the fans will be able to catch that one toward the third base side. It is now a 2-2 count. But I can't think of too many teams that would put a 300 hitter down in the ninth hole. To be able to turn that over, but I, I guess the the look for Mike Matheny is this: put somebody in there at the bottom, turn it over for Merrifield with runners on base, and Bobby Witt and score some runs on that point. But you would think he would have to be more toward a leadoff hitter and put Merrifield probably in the second or third spot. But that's just me. That's how I would do the lineup. So two two now. Joe Menez can set fastball. Bounces off the glove of Barnhart, but Dozier is going to stay right where he is. And who else is warming up here for Kansas City? Looks like the left-hander, Jake Brents, is going to take his turn getting some warm-up tosses. So this is probably going to be bullpen stages for the rest of the game right now as the starters win about five innings between Mize and Grinke, both giving up just two runs in this game. They've been pretty good, both the starters. We'll see if the bullpen can last. Lopez waiting on the 3-2. Hit high, but it's going to stay in. This is going to be Victor Reyes measuring this, and it's out. So Tigers get through the six. No damage done. It's a 2-2 score. It's going to be Badu, Torkelson, and Castro due up in the seventh. So as we get to ready to start the top of the seventh inning, a 2-2 score. It's going to be Jake Brents now on the mound for the Kansas City Royals. 64 innings pitched, a 366 ERA, 76 strikeouts, 37 walks. So definitely can get the strikeouts, 128 whip and a 197 opponent average. And this is a good opportunity right now for Akil Badu, who struggles against lefties. It's kind of his Achilles heel, if you will, to get a chance to get in at bat against a lefty and see what he can do right now.
So, taking a little extra time to dig into the box right now. If you're just joining me, it was two runs in the second inning for the Tigers to get a 2-0 lead that lasted all the way until the fourth inning as Kansas City was able to tie that up between Hunter Dozier and Wood Merrifield. So the first pitch is a curveball or a slider. I think that was a slider that went just toward the right and out of the zone. So Akil Badu is 0-1 with a walk in the second inning right now. <clears throat> Brents off of the 1-1 is followed away. It's now 1-2. So Brents was in a Toronto Blue Jays 11th round pick a little while ago and you imagine that's got to be good there for the Kansas City Royals because this guy looks to be a flamethrower lefty that has a lot of strikeouts. And Badu is one of those guys that's definitely strikeout prone, especially on the left-handed side of things. First pitch is way outside of the slider, and Badu can spit on that one. 2-2 count for Akil Badu. He's batting in the sixth spot today. There's been a couple of lineup changes because Robbie Grossman is day-to-day -day there with a hip pointer, and Javier Baez got the day off. Brents, now with the two-on-two, two, just blows it right past Akil Badu. Perfect pitch on the inside corner, right on the black at the top of the strike zone, and Akil Badu goes down swinging. He's now 0-2 with a walk. This is now going to bring up toward the bottom part of the order here. This is Spencer Torkelson. He's got a RBI in this game with a hit-by-pitch. See if you can add more of it. So again, that Yankees score is two nothing. I thought it was six to three. It's two nothing in the middle of the sixth with the rain delay. This game would have already been over here, but now I'm actually ahead of them in the seventh. Torkelson takes a pitch off speed and away down in the strike zone. One nothing is the count for Spencer Torkelson. 0 for one hit by pitch. Got an RBI in the second. He's three of 18 swinging the bat so far this year. 167, two extra base hits, a double home run, and three RBI. Perfect pitch right on the black. And Torkelson, he got the call, which I'd like to see a little bit here selfishly because the rookie doesn't get a lot of those there right now. But it just missed, I guess, toward the bottom of the strike zone with the fastball. Spencer Torkelson. Power on power right now. The lefty against the righty. 2-0 count in favor of Spencer here. Brents. Low with the fastball. Way low. 3-0 count. So we'll see if Torkelson can take his walk or if he wants to swing here. Just like Austin Meadows here. The left fielder. Alex Nadolkovich got a 46 save shutout here against for the Hurricane. Wow. That's big for the Red Wings there. 3-0. Fastball up and in. That was a beauty. Three and one now. But we'll see if, if Torkelson's going to take his walk or just like Austin Meadows. And you're taking so many pitches, take a walk, find what you like. The one thing I like with Torkelson, again, he isn't hit early. It's very, very early. I mean, this is just game seven of the season. But he's got a willingness to take pitches and keep things alive. And Torkelson takes his walk. So it is a one out base runner here for the Tigers as Brent's. Puts the walk here on Spencer Torkelson. That's going to bring up hitting Her Harold Castro. He's playing shortstop today. He's giving Javier Baez a day off. He's got an RBI of the sack fly as he brought in Miguel Cabrera home as Salvador Perez just missed the tag on the other side of it. Miguel Cabrera got his third hit last inning when the Tigers were trying to score. 
It was a perfect tag and perfect throw from Benintendi that combined to gun down Austin Meadows. Both of those had to be right in order for the Tigers to not score the third run of the game, and they were. So Torkelson at first, Castro takes the first pitch just outside with the fastball, hitting 97 on the gun, so he's got a good lively arm with that lefty. So I always like those lefties that have just an absolute bomb for a heater of an arm, that golden arm, if you will, and if you can combine that with the curveball, with the changeup, or anything else, you're sitting pretty here. Those golden arm lefties, they're hard to find. 1-0, right on the black on the corner, and Castro is now 1-1. One one. That was a perfect fastball right on the other side. Alex Lang now warming up for the Detroit Tigers. When I talked about it in the season opener, if you uh, heard some of that stuff in here with me and uh, Michael Swartout, we went over the 2022 season preview Talking about some of the back-end issues the Tigers have right now. Harold Castro, fastball, blows them right away. Now it's 1-2 and two on the bottom right corner. But the Tigers have some problems in the back end of the bullpen because of the injuries. Jose Cisnero, Kyle Funkhauser, Andrew Chafin, a couple other guys are not available. That, you know, it's going to bring up Alex Lang and Drew Hutchinson, and it's up to those guys to be able to get some outs when they need it. In a tight game right now, that could be the difference. Harold Castro waiting on the 1-2 pitch there from Brents. Fastball. Wow, what a call there from the up. That was not even close. And Castro's got some words, and I don't blame him. That's not even me being a homer. That was not close. And Castro got punched right out. He's usually very good with the strike zone and all that. That was just a great fame job by Salvador Perez. It's what you pay your catchers $30 million for a year. And he just got that one late, and... Nothing Castro could do about that. You just, sometimes it happens. Tucker Barnhart, lefty on lefty right now. And now A.J. Hinch. Okay, that's a good call there for A.J. Hinch. Eric Haas is going to take the lefty on. That is Jake Brents. And we'll see if Matheny, I know the pitching coach is out there right now, but we'll see if they want to keep Brents in there. Eric Haas, he's got some massive massive power here for the Tigers no doubt about it again the batting average a little low is usually hovering about the 220s 230s about 20 something bombs last year about 70 RBI he can definitely hit one a long way if Eric Haas gets a hold of this thing it could definitely be a 4-2 game in a hurry so the Royals I'm sure are very mindful of that and Salvador Perez is mindful of that that's why the pitching coach went out there just to make sure you don't want to let any of that stuff get out of the way and was Otani pitching today? Texas is a 10-2 lead right now on the uh, LA Angels. That's a surprise. 7-0 lead right now for the Padres against the Atlanta Braves. I believe that's a four-game series as well. Eric Haas, getting set to dig in. 231, 22 home runs and 61 RBI last year. Haas swings at the slider. Inside, he cut it low and no chance on that one. Just a really good pitch that ate him up. So with Haas, he is a really good catcher as well, and he also plays the outfield because he's got good speed. So he's definitely a good defensive guy, but he's got loads of pop in this bat. 0-1 pitch from Brents. Low. Off the off-speed pitch here. So when we talk about Eric Haas again, 98 games played last year. He's in 252 against lefties last year with 12 bombs, 821 on base, 
195 against righties, 12 bombs, 625 on base. So he loves the righty-lefty matchup, and that's what he's got right now with a 1-1 count. 98 games played last year for Haas. Waiting on the 1-1 from Brents. Nice base hit there for Haas as he got the off-speed pitch, and he served it right past Benintendi and Nicky Lopez. So that is two on and two out right now as Spencer Torkelson is at second base with a walk. Eric Haas with a solid single. That should bring up Victor Reyes unless A.J. Hinch wants to go back into his bench. Again, Javier Baez, I'm sure, has the day off. But when you get in a clutch situation, I know Jim Leland used to do this. I know Ron Gardner used to do this. I know A.J. Hinch would likely do this as well. You get into a situation... In the ninth inning, probably not in the seventh, but in the ninth inning with runners on, Javier Baez might get a chance to swing this one. But right now it's Victor Reyes with two on, two out as the top of the lineup turns over again. 0 for 3 is Reyes. First pitch could not be framed there by Perez. <laughs> Can't steal every strike. It's 2-2 now between the Wild and the Dallas Stars with 314 remaining. Victor Reyes... 200 on the season, 2 for 10 with an extra base hit and 2 RBI. Ground out a line out and a ground out a double play. Race made some contact, but nothing to show for it yet. Be a big time for a hit. Good off-speed pitch, kind of just buckled Reyes there. He could have swung at that, but he really wasn't ready for it. Dylan Coleman now, the righty, warming up in the bullpen here for the Kansas City Royals, number 65. Brent's about to throw his 20th pitch. Victor Reyes waiting on the 1-1 count. Colorado Avalanche have a 3-0 lead against the New Jersey Devils in the race for the President's Trophy. Swung on and missed. Blew him away with a fastball on the left outside corner. No chance there for Reyes to even make contact with it. And the Royals once again are looking to try to stand runners on first and second. And the Tigers have not been able to score anything since the second inning. they got to get some stuff going here. Probably not too many more opportunities here with uh, guys on base. Base hit for Victor Reyes. Torkelson going around third. Taylor can't get to it. Tigers take the lead. Victor Reyes with a solid single up the middle. Gets past Taylor and Mondesi. And that's what the Tigers needed right now as Brents serves it up. That was just a really good piece of hitting. It was a fastball down in the strike zone. Regus got a piece of it, served it right back to where it came from. That's what I love is that good contact hitting. You're not always so concerned about just blasting everything out of the ballpark. You take the pitch, you put it back where it's served, and you place it. Tigers now have the lead with runners on first and third. It's Victor Reyes. And now it's Austin Meadows, lefty on lefty. We'll see if Meadows can get something done here. First pitch fastball way outside. Tigers are two for six with runners in scoring position. The Kansas City Royals are two for nine. Six-game hitting streak for Austin Meadows. Longest to begin a season by a Tiger since 2017. So Austin Meadows has been every bit as good as advertised, and he's going to be locked up here at least till 2025, which is great. 1-0. Served off the end of the bat. Benintendi can't get there. Tigers score another run. <laughs> wow. He just couldn't get there. Either Benintendi didn't get a good read on it or he thought it would go a little bit lower. That's going to score Eric Haas. And Austin Meadows gives the Tigers an extra insurance run here. It's 4-2. to two. 
Meadows got the fastball right off the end of the bat, and it's really one of those tough luck things there for Brents. I thought he made a pretty good pitch, and it was just served into a spot where, honestly, upon second look, Benintendi just could not get to it. So now Brents is going to take a seat, and Kansas City's going to go back into the bullpen, probably bringing in Coleman. Come right back. If you're just joining me, as you take a shot in Rebelli Sports of the Kaufman Water Fountain here, John out here with you from Kansas City. I'm here for the opener here. It's the Tigers' first game on the road this season. They had their first six against the White Sox and Red Sox. Hasn't been too easy for them. They won one and two in both series. Kansas City Royals trying to stop a four-game losing streak. That would be the case right now if they lose this game to the Tigers. Tigers right now on the top of the seventh. They've just played in two runs with solid singles that scored from Reyes and Meadows that drove in RBIs. And now Jonathan Scope is going to face Dylan Coleman, the new pitcher, as the first pitch fastball was way out of the strike zone and gloved there by Salvador Perez before it turned into a wild pitch. So Jonathan Scope now has a chance. Blow this thing wide open here if he can put something into a gap. The Tigers really want to get a better record in that division. They've had a losing record against every team in the AL Central in 2021. Scope takes a fastball right down the middle, trying to measure it there from Dylan Coleman. That was an easy 97 that he let just go right by. So Jonathan Scope in this game, a fly out and two ground outs right now. He's made some consistent contact. Tigers last year were 77 and 85, 42 and 39 at home, but they were a paltry 35 and 46 on the road, just like the Royals and the Minnesota Twins. They want to improve on that. And the best way to get some wins in your own division right now is just take advantage of what you got. You got the lead. You got it in the seventh inning. It's whether or not the Tigers' bullpen, as I've talked about a couple of times in this broadcast, can hold together with some of the injuries that they have with Jose Cisnero, Kyle Funkhauser, uh, Andrew Chafin, some of these other things waiting for them to come back, see if they can hold on to it. Jonathan Scope, 1-2. and two. It was a change-up toward the left outside edge. It is 2-2 two, two now. So Jonathan Scope made some consistent contact within his first three at-bats. Has a chance right now against Coleman here to do something. Coleman now going to deliver the 2-2 two, two pitch against Jonathan Scope. Fastball, 98 miles an hour, got followed away down the right field line. Still going to stay that way. Texas has a 10-6 lead. Baseball scores against the LA Angels in the bottom of the sixth. The Padres holding on to a 7-0 lead against the Atlanta Braves. I believe that's going to be a four-game series. Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN will have the finale of it. 5-2 for the Cubs against the Rockies. Top six. 2-2 pitch. Scope fouled out once again, and we're going to do this one more time. Ramon Santiago, you remember him from the infield. He is now the third base coach here for the Detroit Tigers as A.J. Hinch has kept him on board. Tigers with four two-out hits. Kansas City Royals just one. Tigers need to come up clutch right now. Try to put a bigger dent into this lead. 4-2 lead they have right now. Top seven, two outs. Scope. Ah, oh, they rung him up on a curveball. That was high and out of the zone as well. But Tigers do get two. It was Austin Meadows and Victor Reyes with a couple of clutch hits. Give the Tigers 4-2 lead. Bottom seven upcoming. Tigers now, it's Alex Lang. 
Going to take on Whit Merrifield as the top of the order goes back to the bottom of the seventh inning here. Now the Royals, if you're just joining me, they're now down 4-2 Tigers. Plate two on the top of the seventh, courtesy of Austin Meadows and Victor Reyes. Curveball hung there a little bit, but Merrifield watched that one go by. It's a 1-1 count now. Alex Lang is one of those guys that's thrust into duty from the mud hen side of things and only in begin because we've talked about some of the injuries that have been there. Has a chance to try to get some of these outs. Akil Badu, soft fly in the center field, measures this one and grabs it. And Tigers get a quick out there. Alex Lang, three pitches, gets Merrifield. That's going to bring up the top prospect, Bobby Witt Jr., Already tripled in this contest. He has some elite speed. I like the defense and everything else that he's shown. Again, from the very beginning of it, within that second inning, he had a chance to be able to score a run. But it was one of those things where he got caught in between no man's land, between Tucker Bernhardt and Candelario and Castro were able to gun up to get him out. Otherwise, it could have been a 4-3 score, maybe even a lot worse if the inning was extended. The Oakland Athletics beat the Tampa Bay Rays 6-3. Sean Murphy, 2-4, two, two doubles and an RBI. Witt waiting on the 1-0 pitch. Gets just tipped and got a piece of it, so it's going to be a strike there against Bobby Wood Jr. Again, only 21 years of age. It's a good thing for the Kansas City Royals to be able to call this guy up immediately and start that service time. He's 1-3 with a triple, 3-23. He started 2-20. You know, he had a couple of the doubles and six strikeouts, but he got a triple in this game. Second pitch, not even close. on the fastball that went way out of the strike zone. So, 2-1 count here on Bobby Wood Jr. John out here with you from Kansas City. It's Kauffman Stadium, about a 45-degree night, about 15-mile-an-hour wind. And not a cloud in the sky, it's just a little cold. But definitely no problem to get games in for the next three days. Sunday might be your issue as far as some of the precipitation. Saying about a 75% chance of rain for Easter Sunday in the finale of this four-game series. So if you want to get all these games in, you do that now. Curveball up in the zone, but taken. It's what Bobby Wood Jr., that was a really good pitch to hit, but he decided to let that one go. Fastball blew him away. Down out of the zone, and Bobby Witt just went for it, and Alex Lang has two strikeouts between eight pitches. So good start here for him. He's going to need to keep that going because maybe that's one of those things you want to get some length out of, whether or not they want to go to Gregory Soto or Drew Hutchinson or whoever else right now. But it's good for the Tigers to be able to get some outs whenever they can find one here. So Andrew Benintendi will check in this season so far for Andrew Alex Lang. Two and a third, uh, two hits allowed, three runs allowed. Benintendi, one for three. He's been good in this game so far. He's spraying the ball all over the field, but he's only got one hit to show for it right now. 0-1 count, two outs here for the Tigers. Alex Lang about to throw his 0-1. Up and out of the zone with the fastball. High, the right side corner. Eric Haas, now the defensive replacement here for Tucker Barnhart. From the lefty and the righty to get that mix in there. And Haas already has proven... To do really well with that is he had a solid base hit in this game after just checking in. Fastball down low out of the zone. So 2-1 count now for Andrew Benintendi. Former Boston Red Sox picked up there from the trade. He plays a solid left field, but my question is whether or not he can bring all that same energy and enthusiasm with the hits. Fastball right down the middle. I don't know what he was waiting for on that one. 2-2. 
but if he could bring all that intensity and energy, but it looks like Andrew Benintendi's been very, very good as far as this year to start. I mean, he's been over 300 and hitting the cover off the ball. 2-2 pitch. Strikes him out with the curveball in the corner. Beautiful pitch on the black. They let a couple hittable ones go by, but Alex Lane makes it a quick 1-2-3, and we're going to go into the eighth inning with the Tigers up the bat when we come back. Seventh inning stretch time. So a new pitcher to tell you about here in the eighth inning. It's Taylor Clark, 43 innings, ERA about five, 40 strikeouts, 14 walks, a whip of 152, an opponent's average of 291. It's a chance for the Tigers to be able to add on some runs here from what I'm seeing between the 43 games of work. It's going to be Dreamer, Candelario, Miguel Cabrera, and Akil Badu do up four, five, and six spots in the eighth inning. It was a couple straight two-out singles here that allowed the Tigers be able to score a couple runs to take the lead as Candelario first pitch swinging, gloved by Santana. Easy out there, one pitch, one out. That's going to bring up Miguel Cabrera in this game. Absolutely excellent. Remember a long time ago when Miguel Cabrera won that triple crown as Michael Fulmer is now getting loose in the bullpen here for the Tigers, but when he got that big, heavy hand from the Kauffman Stadium crowd that knew everything that was going on, Miguel Cabrera is continuing to do damage here in Kauffman. He's 3-for-3 three three with three singles. 4-2 lead right now for the Tigers. Two runs in the second. Two runs here in the seventh. And then two runs in the fifth for the Kansas City Royals. First pitch is called the strike. A little bit inside there, but he got the call anyway. And Miguel Cabrera is still continuing to do some damage here in this game. He can take another single and try to get closer to the 3,000 hits and pass Roberto Clemente with 3,001. Second pitch is low with the change up just inside. So right now with Miguel Cabrera, we talked about it. He's going to be over in 2024 as far as that big contract that Mike Gillich signed when he was still alive. When you're getting that trade over there a long time ago, remember he won with Jim Leland with the Florida Marlins at the time. It was just an incredible get there for the Tigers when it was Cameron Mabin and Andrew Miller such a long time ago. Miguel Cabrera grounds this one foul. Miguel Cabrera still going strong. Again, I think it's going to help a little bit more when Spencer Torkelson now is going to play the consistent first base. Miguel Cabrera is going to be more of a DH man. And it's all about just knocking down those milestones a little bit here and there over and over again. He does have the World Series underneath his belt, but it would be so nice, just so nice for the Tigers, and this tends to be his last year in 2024, all things considered, probably, unless he would want to stick around for something else, depending on what the Tigers would do. It'd be a lot of money coming off the book anyway, probably about you know, 30-something million dollars, especially at that point, that it would be so nice to see the Miguel Cabrera get one more chance at this, but just an absolute Hall of Fame career, wonderful player, and I'd like to see him right off into the sunset. 2-2 pitch, fouled off right down the middle off the fastball, 94. Miguel was a little late on that. Again, we talked about it in the opening with Zach Greinke getting the start on the mound, topping out about 90 miles an hour. <clears throat> Much easier for Miguel Cabrera to get around on that now these days. doesn't have the same kind of bat speed, but definitely able to still take everything right down the middle as professional as they come. You're going to serve him a pitch. He's going to be able to get his single. But you can definitely blow him away with a high inside fastball if that's the case. 2-2 pitch. Ground ball in the short. Easy one for Mondesi. Flip and throw over there to Santana. Tigers have two up and two down to start the top of the eighth inning. 
Royals will have six more outs to work with to try to tie this game up at 4-4 or try to take the lead. But right now, upcoming is Akil Badu, the 23-year-old left-handed bat that's playing center field in this contest. Again, we talked about his lofty numbers that he set with the Rule 5 pick as a rookie. Last year, just an absolute storybook with the home run and all of that to start a couple extra hits like that. He was absolutely exceptional. And he's done okay so far in this game, but he did have a little bit of an error there in center field, setting up outside the play to try to get a kill Badu to chase. He does not do that. It is a 1-0 count here for Badu with the fastball, just a little low. Slow start here for Badu. He does have a walk in the second, two for 18 on the season right now. His extra base hit and his RBI was a home run he had just the other night against the Red Sox. Shift is on, so third base side is open here if Badu can spray it that way. Second pitch is off speed and out just toward the right. And it's a 2-0 count, good hitter's count here for Akil Badu. For just joining me, it's a 4-2 lead. Drawn out here with you at Kauffman Stadium. It is a Thursday night, April 14, 2022. This is the opener between the Tigers and the Kansas City Royals. Tigers scored two in the second inning, two in the seventh, and then the Royals scored two in the fifth. It's going to be an easy catch there for Dozier and an easy one, two, three there for Clark. Royals have six outs to work with here. Michael Fulmer coming out of the bullpen to face Salvador Perez, Santana, and Dozier. Come right back. So Michael Fulmer getting set to dig in here for the bottom of the eighth inning. He's going to be facing a difficult part of the lineup. It's Salvador Perez, Carlos Santana, and Hunter Dozier. About 70 innings of work. About an ERA, about two and a half. He's kind of settled in in the bullpen from being the American League Pitcher Rookie of the Year from several, several years ago when that was such a big, big deal. But we'll see what Fulmer can continue to do here. The Royals have six outs to work with. They have the really meat of the order right now. As Salvador Perez, again, slow start to the season. It's a one-and-one one count right now. Fulmer getting set for his 1-1 one, one pitch. Splitter not close. 2-1 now. Salvador Perez. 2-1 pitch. Fastball blew him away at 92, right off of the off-speed, set him up there, and Perez was really late on that one. So Perez, as we talked about, 48 home runs, 121 RBI. He's got a chance to make quite a bit of money here up until his free agency point in 2026. I think he's going to stick around a little bit. I would think the Royals, just like the Tigers are as an organization, are astute for a hometown discount. Perez is not going to make the $30 million and stuff that he's kind of set up for right now. I think all the other stuff is going to be backloaded, and they'll probably give him something good at the end. 3-2 pitch. Don't want to walk him here. Blows away with the fastball. So Michael Fulmer gets the strikeout. One down here in the bottom of the eighth. As he sets down Salvador Perez, it's a really good batter to get there. So Carlos Santana and Hunter Dozier will be due up next. And we'll see if Michael Fulmer can continue to do that kind of stuff. As he gets a little bit settled in, I would think, toward May and June, you'd see the velocity go up. Michael Fulmer is definitely capable of throwing 98 at this point. And he's got a good slider. He's got a good curveball. First pitch was a slider that was inside the zone. Career against Michael Fulmer for Santana, quite good. 318 on 7-22 for two doubles, a home run, and four strikeouts. 1-0 pitch. 
It's going to be Torkelson's going to step on the bag himself. That's a quick two outs there for Michael Fulmer. So if Michael Fulmer can keep this economical, he could probably stay out there unless they want to go to Gregory Soto, the closer, in the ninth. Fulmer's look pretty good. And nobody's been able to get this guy out, though. Hunter Dozier, perfect three for three in the contest. A triple and a pair of singles for Dozier. All the numbers that I've talked about leading out into the open... They've not panned out so far early in the season. He's been really good. Career against Michael Fulmer for Dozier. The DH is 3 for 7 with two triples. First pitch swinging. Just what Fulmer wanted. Right out in the infield. Caught by Scope. Easy 1, 2, 3. Nine pitches there for Fulmer. Let's go to the top of the ninth. It's going to be Spencer Torkelson, Harold Castro, and Eric Haas. Let's come right back. Clark back on the mound here in the top of the ninth inning for the Kansas City Royals. His first batter is going to be the 7-8-9. Spencer Torkelson taking strike one off the changeup in the bottom right of the zone. Torkelson got an RBI. He was hit by a pitch with the bases loaded. 0-for-1 so far in this contest. Second pitch, check swing, and that was a really good check there. That was a borderline pitch that could have gone either way in favor of Spencer Torkelson here. So 0 for 1, hit by pitch, walk 1 scored in an RBI. Clark's pitch now, low, right on the black. Did not get the call. 3 and 1, so Torkelson, I would think in this game, that's just my opinion here, but I would think in this game he's got a couple of benefits of the calls that could have gone either way there, and Perez is having some words here with the umpire. 3-1 pitch now for Torkelson. Already walked once. Right on the black again. That was just down. No corners or anything else like that. He finally got one of those. So Gregory Soto with the Blue Dreads. The closer is warming up right now for the Detroit Tigers. They're trying to salt this one away and get anything extra here. As the Royals got three outs to work with down by two. It's a 4-2 score. Torkelson waiting on the full count pitch. Reaches out. This is going to be Mondesi throwing it to Santana. And that is one out in the top of the ninth. That is going to bring up Hayden Harold Castro right now. Harold Castro has been pretty good in this game. He's got a sack fly for an RBI. He's uh, played some decent defense along over there with Candelario. There's been a couple that have gone a little bit rough. Akil Badu had an error out in center field, but... Got an RBI to show for it. 333, 3 for 9 with an RBI. The RBI in this game. 0 for 2. Sack fly RBI in the second. So it's going to be Castro and Eric Haas. 8 and 9 if they can't extend the inning. Castro waiting on the first pitch here from Clark. And they got the call there on the right side corner. So it looks like the ump, I'm not sure of the name in there, but it looks like he's giving the right side corners, but the left side corners he's pinching. A little bit more. The Atlanta Braves getting blasted 11-0 right now to the San Diego Padres in the bottom of the 8th inning. Castro waiting on the 0-1. Followed it right off. It was a fastball down the middle that he missed. He swung late on. Soto, they're still showing. <clears throat> getting his warm-up pitches. going to be Montesi, Taylor, and Lopez in the bottom of the ninth. So the bottom of the order to work with, but... He's a little bit wild in some of his pitches. You cannot let Montesi or Taylor get on and cause some havoc in that bottom of the ninth when we get to that point. Castro, up in the zone. Is it going to stay in play? 
Lopez. It bounced off the screen. It looked like Bobby Wood Jr. He just couldn't get to it. That was Bobby Wood Jr. off because the shift was on. He just couldn't get to that in the screen. Taking a second look at it from the Valley Sports Detroit monitors, he just misplayed at one as it bounced off the screen. But that's okay. Get another chance at this one here for Harold Castro. He's not someone that's going to take you deep, but he's going to put it in place, so you got to be available here. Vladimir Cherisenko had an excellent game for the St. Louis Blues. Three goals and two assists as they got a big win today. Castro waiting on the 0-2. A little low off the changeup. 1-2 and two now as Perez blocks this one in the dirt. Clark is throwing 20 pitches right now, Vernon Clark. Pretty good lefty from what I've seen. But some of these other lefties that the Royals have, I haven't seen Stallman or anything else in here today. These guys can throw some absolute fire in the Royals bullpen. So they like pitchers that throw hard and they really count on that gold glove fielding. Castro falls off the fastball as he stays alive. If it was up high in the zone. Still 1-2 count. Again, between Harold Castro, I know Willie Castro is in the Toledo Mudhens organization right now because he just hasn't been able to cut it into the roster. But between both Harold Castro, Willie Castro, uh, Victor Reyes at times, and Victor Reyes is starting in there, especially when Riley Green comes back. They have some good pieces with some versatility in the infield outfield. Good take there from Castro as he keeps the bat alive here. It's a 2-2 count. It is one out in the top of the ninth. If you're just joining me, this is John out here with you from the Valley Sports Detroit feed. It is the Tigers with a 4-2 lead over the Kansas City Royals. They just scored two in the seventh inning to take a two-run lead, and he gets punched out there by Clark of a fastball right down in the middle that he swung late on. So now this is going to be Eric Haas. He has a single since coming back in off the pinch. It is one for one. Checked back in for Tucker Barnhart and was worked his way behind the plate toward the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. Tigers, to their sake, they want to try to cut down this two-game losing streak and get a win against the Royals here. And if the Royals lose today, that'll be four straight games lost as they've all started against, for the most part, with the Guardians. They split the series 2-2. Two and two. They lost one of the ones against the Royals, and then they could maybe lose the Tigers. Eric Haas, fastball up in the zone. Who wants this one? Mondesi, everybody over. Nobody called it. Benintendi just saved everybody's bacon there in between Taylor and Mondesi as they had a good laugh about it. Coming back in now is the Tigers' all-star closer from last year, Gregory Soto on the bottom of the ninth for a two-run lead, trying to finish off the last three outs. Come right back. Gregory Soto out there for the Tigers right now to close out the ninth. The Tigers have a 4-2 lead. He's facing the bottom of the order into Alberto Mondesi, Michael A. Taylor, and Nicky Lopez right now. So the one danger for Soto, I would say this, is you get a look at his numbers. 63 innings, 339 ERA, 76 strikeouts, 40 walks. That's the one danger there as Montessi is now 1-1 as he ground the fastball foul. That if you get guys that can put it in play or able to draw some walks, especially like Montessi has done in this game, walk in the fourth, a run scored, and two stolen bases, 0-2. 150 season average right now on 3 of 20, but he's done well so far in this game as far as getting on base. If you can do some of that, you can do some damage against Soto right now. 1-1 pitch here from the lefty. Fires. 
It's a beautiful pitch down toward the bottom of the strike zone for a fastball at 97. And Mondesi can do nothing but stare at that. Again, there is a big shift on Mondesi. This is going to be toward the shortstop and second base side if he can hit one of those up there. The switch hitter does not make a lot of contact, but you get him on base, he can steal some bases here. Fastball, 97 up in the left side corner, gets followed off by Mondesi, and the count is going to stay at 1-2. and two. So Soto is electing with the blue hair this time, and I know people are going to say, should Soto be an all-star? you got to pick somebody from every team according to baseball rules. Well, he is pretty good here for the Tigers, but you do want the mid-age 20-year-old to continue to do some work. Mondesi, this should be toward left center, and this is going to be a Kilbadoo with an easy glove. And the first out here. So it was hit just hard enough, but a Kilbadoo was able to get under that one, camp underneath it softly for the first out in the bottom of the ninth. That's going to bring up Michael Taylor. Taylor's been good in this game as far as well. The back end of that 7-8-9 have been pretty productive. Taylor, 1 for 3 in this game, RBI single in the 4th of 294. 5-17 so far in the season with an extra base hit and 3 RBI. So Taylor and Lopez are going to be very careful, as I've said. They can get a lot of contact. Taylor ready to swing on the 97 mile an hour near the black, and he follows that one toward the left field. So Tigers bullpen against Boston yesterday, 5 and a third, 2 earned runs, 7 hits, 3 strikeouts, 3 walks today. Three and a third, one hit, three strikeouts, no walks. So much better effort from the bullpen here today. Still got two more outs to go, though. Fastball, a little bit low. I think that was the slider there at 90, actually. Should be a pinch hitter. Edward Olivares will be pinch hitting there for Nicky Lopez. A little bit of pop in that bat, especially on the lefty-righty side of things. Taylor, waiting on the 1-1. The low again. That was the fastball that time. It was at the knees. And Taylor was able to lay off of that one to put the 2-1 count into his favor. So, 4-2 lead here for the Tigers. They scored two runs in the top of the seventh, and that's what's held so far between Victor Reyes and Austin Meadows with a pair of two-out singles. They're driving some runs. Fastball way outside. Top left corner there, and it swells the count to 3-1 here for Taylor. Now with Olivares, you got to be careful here. Soto needs to be able to just challenge Taylor here and not walk him. Don't put anything on the base paths. If he gets it and swings at it, so what? He shouldn't take it deep. Soto, fastball. He does just that. He follows it away at the 96. A little late on that for Taylor. Now it's a full count. So again, this is very, very important for Gregory Soto to be able to keep that traffic off the base paths and try to get the Tigers the win here. This will be the first win of each of the series. They've started out well, but between the three-game series, they went one and two between the White Sox and the Red Sox after winning game one. They want to try to make some headway, get closer to 500 here against the Royals in this four-game series. Fastball's low. Can't do that. So it puts Michael A. Taylor on base. Royals have a chance now, one on and one out. Pitching coach Chris Fetter is going to come out of the mound here, try to talk to Soto just to make sure to get everything all set up here with Olivares. Because I believe Olivares, from what I remember, he's a good contact hitter, and he does have a little bit of pop here. So you want to be careful here with that, and you've got to be mindful here with Soto 
if you turn this line up here over, unless Olivares hits into a double play, but if you turn that stuff over there to Whit Merrifield, Bobby Wood Jr., or Benintendi, you could easily have this game turn very, very quickly where it can get into a lot of trouble. So I think Fetter is having that meeting on the mound right now with Eric Haas, Scope, Candelario, everybody else to make sure what they want to do, get their signals across just in case if they want to shift or what's going on with the double play and everything in between right now. So what's left of the Kauffman Stadium fans, been about half full, I'd say about you know fifteen to 17,000. Pinch hitter Edward Olivares, 238. Two for six with a home run is a pinch hitter. Pretty good numbers. Five home runs, 31 RBI for the Royals last year. First pitch. Perfect one. Fastball on the left corner in between the black and the bottom left. Strike one as Soto gets ahead. He's thrown 12 pitches so far. He's got the blue hair. He's got the mix with the black hair and the gold chain on the dreads. Always looking very cool. Soto. Next pitch, beauty there inside, bunched up Oliveris with a 96-mile-an-hour fastball near the black on the right corner. 0 for 2 now on Oliveris. This is exactly what Soto wanted to do. Get ahead, not mess around on this, because he got Wynn Merrifield on deck. Oliveris waiting on the 0-2. It almost hit him right in the foot. And somehow... Eric Haas was able to get a piece of that before it actually hit Oliveris. That could have been big-time trouble there. Soto going to step off the mound. Eric Haas going to discard the mask. Going to get back in, dig in, and take his time. Breathe on his hands. Get his set up with the routine here. It's a one and two. Edward Oliveris at the plate. One out, one on. He struck him out with the slider. 89 miles an hour. He swung right through it. Big second out here for the Tigers. Soto's got to get one more, though. It's going to be Whit Merrifield, and that's pretty much as close of a Tiger killer as you can get. He just swung a little bit late through that slider, and I really can't imagine why all things considered, to be honest with you, because you know the guy throws a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. you got to be on it. So Whit Merrifield, probably the last guy you want to see on with anybody on him, two outs, but it is two outs, guy at first. Try to keep it at a single. 87 mile an hour change up, swung on a miss, so Merrifield was geared up for that fastball there, and Soto threw him the change piece. One for four is Merrifield, he's two for three with a double and a walk against Soto. Good numbers in a limited sample size for Witt, playing right field today. 0-1 count, Soto, getting set for the pitch, fastball, too much for him. 0 for 2 now. No chance on the outside corner on the left as it swallowed Merrifield right up. Royals down to their last strike. Tigers trying to hold on to a two-run lead. 4-2 score. Merrifield's got the opportunity to at least get double base, you know, second base power. He's got a chance here. 0 and 2 doesn't face him. Soto delivering the 0 and 2 pitch. Way out of the strike zone up and high. Haas was able to thankfully catch that for any Tigers fans because that was a wild pitch of all wild pitches. And it's 1-2 and two to the Kansas City leadoff man. Again, he got his late start there, did Whitmerfield, starting at like 28 years of age. But, man, he's been so consistent in a Royals uniform, probably a fan favorite for miles and miles around. Soto, 1-2 pitch, low and in the dirt with the fastball. It's now 2-2. Two and two. As Haas is able to catch that one and throw it right back to Soto. Merrifield trying to figure out his plate approach and trying to get that one deep into the corners there. A lot of speed there. 
for a chance for the Royals to be able to use that. They love speed. They love defense. Whit Merrifield can definitely provide that. He definitely is a clutch hitter. 0-2 count out of 2-2. Two two. Soto delivers. Swung in the air. Soto. Happy camps under. And it's Austin Meadows. Tigers win. 4-2 against the Kansas City Royals as Gregory Soto closes it out. Had to get to Whit Merrifield to be able to do that. Gave up one hit, but that was all. So Tigers win the first game of the opener between the Kansas City Royals, but we still got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday left. Sunday might be the game that is the intermittent weather, but the Tigers once again start with the win in the series, but now they got to close the rest of this out and try to get around and above 500. The Royals have now lost four in a row. They lost two to the Guardians, one of the Cardinals, and now one of the Tigers, but three games left in the series. I'll be there with the full, complete story and game play-by-play on uh, hopelesssportsguy.wordpress.com, and I will have your updates throughout the series as we go along each day. But complete game coverage to follow. As always, have a good one. Peace out, everybody.